Grind Time with Darren McCarty is brought to you by our brothers at the Detroit Cast. The Detroit Cast is a daily news talk and entertainment podcast hosted by Mike Walters, Jay, and Eric, or Biggie, or Jesus. Check out the DetroitCast.com, iTunes, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. He's an author and a rock star. He's reached highs that most can only dream of. He's also hit lows you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And now he's ready to share that journey and that truth with you on Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Please welcome your host, number 25, Darren McCartney. Yeah, 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 you know what time it is, and you know what? I know it's Tuesday, guys, and regular grind time is until tomorrow night. We're still having that. That's going to be a great show with a bunch of comic friends, but right now on this Tuesday, the day before the first game of the NHL 2019 Hockey playoffs here at Grind Time with Darren McCarty. In case you forgot, I'm Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion. And at Grind Time, we talk what I want to talk about. So tonight, we're doing a hockey preview show. I couldn't be more excited and ecstatic to have a couple guests in here to join uh, alongside Always With Me. Perry, how are you? Good, Mac. Perry Bellucci, Tim Krakowski. How are you doing over there? Um, but tonight we're going to do some brackets, some playoffs, some roundup, just some straight hockey talk with two of the, uh, two guys that I've known a long time in this area. And, and to me are two of the most knowledgeable guys that I like in this sport. Give it up. Uh, my guest, the voice of the Red Wings, Kenny Cal scores. You jackass. <laughs> I like it. Kalzinski, you jackass. <laughs> And uh, the host of Michigan Media's morning shows in a WJR, Mr. Sean Belegian. How are you, my friend? What's up, Mac? Pleasure to be here. This is great. Great to be here. Now, first things first. Now, Sean and I, um, I always love Sean because he knows my OHL stats like the back of his hand. And he knows (laughs) OHL hockey. And obviously, uh, being over in the Plymouth area, I'm going to have you uh, give us a little update coming into, obviously, big night with the lottery draft. Um, a lot of talk, but uh, I want to hear from the horse's mouth because if I anything coming out of that USA program or over there, it's got to use. So I want to hear what, about this Jack Hughes kid from you and Ken Kalzinski, which I got to bring everybody to speed with. That's my real name, by the way. Now, oh, I'm sorry. I got to call him that because he's a jackass. And every time I see him, and I just realized that it was the first time that we did it was when Happy Gilmore came out. And we were on a media bus tour. Up right? to Alpena and Traverse City. This is before training camp uh, they used to have in Traverse so City. So this is like 96 or whatever, and we were yeah. watching it. And if you've ever seen Happy Gilmore, yeah. and Shooter McGavin is the villain, and uh, the guy that always tries to help him out, who smashes the bug into the stands, uh, is Kalzinski's uh, <laughs> older brother. That jackass. So <laughs> we've had that running joke, and I appreciate you playing along with <laughs> oh, me yeah. with my reindeer game. So uh, first things first to you, Ken. Jack Hughes, right? Oh, you want to talk about Jack Hughes first? Well, yeah, we can. Sean, Jack Hughes, give me, give me. He's he's all that. I mean, this is a guy that you knew you knew of him from his brother Quinn, who's already with Vancouver. And I don't know if you guys have seen Quinn skate. I mean, he's just they're beautiful skaters. You can tell that they're skating in the family. I mean, that's the first thing that jumps out to you is they're skating. The one question that I would have, I mean, clearly he's number one. The one question I would have is is his size. How quickly is he going to bulk up? Because at about, you know, 156, 160 pounds, is that ready to jump in the National Hockey League? I know it's a different game now, and, and I know that smaller guys are, are doing the job now, that they weren't doing the job 20 years ago, Mac. 
when you were playing? That would be my only question. Is he ready to jump into the league right away? I don't think, this is just my opinion, I don't think this is a draft like last year's draft where there are you know, some game-changing guys in there. I think this is a very good draft, and, and I think one of the things that I've heard, and I'm sure you guys have heard it, Ken, I'm sure you're, you've heard it, is, well, the Red Wings need to lose. Lose for Hughes, lose for Hughes. They're going to get themselves a darn good player. This top 10 is good. It reminds me of last year in the regard that, you know, they were lucky Zadina fell into their lap. Make no mistake about it. But with that being said, this draft, there's some good players. They're going to be all right. So, you know, we're talking about tonight having the lottery pick and wherever everything's projected. What are they projected? Seventh or, or they can drop to seventh. They could They're drop as low as seventh. Right. To be picked in fourth. But they could drop down to as worse as seven. So you're saying, here's my my take, and I'll pass to you after yeah. this, Kenny. But my whole take was people were saying, oh, they got to lose or they got to take. No, because you can't get experience with the core guys that you're going to win. And whatever happens will happen. Plus, there's no diamond defenseman at the top that you can supplement. If you don't get a Jack Hughes or a... Cope Cooper Kakasa or the the K guy the the Finnish <laughs> the Kepo Fin Keiko, guy yeah. the, the Kiko cake there was the other nickname what is what are the radio guys called double K double K <laughs> double A double K these guys are these radio from a guys I know yeah. double K but um be, to me it's because it's not a defenseman and like you said it seems like in today's day and age the game has changed so. His comparison, Jack Hughes, is Johnny Goudreau, correct? Yeah. Now, but with Goudreau, where was he at? Because he's had to... Dude, don't get it twisted. He still takes punishment. He gets swacked and hard. He's a little Sunderman guy up in uh, Calgary that makes that team go. But uh, you got to be tough to still play in this game. But what do you say, Kenny boy? You know what? I, I agree with you, Sean. Uh, you know, I hear everything about Jack Hughes, and unfortunately, I haven't really had a chance to see him play. I've seen highlights of him, but um, you know, this is a league of men, and um, you know, I know it's it's in it, right now. It's a younger league, but with that said, you still have to you still have to play like a man, and and you're 18 years old. You still have time time to fill out and. You know, I think a lot of people here in Detroit, if, if the Red Wings are lucky enough to get a Jack Hughes, they think he could step right in and play. It's a possibility, I guess, but don't be disappointed if he can't because he's not big or strong enough yet. See, my and here's my... What he has be, the tools, right, obviously. No doubt. And my point would be the fact is what you've learned and what you've, with your experiment at Antonisio at center, with your mixing it up, with the, 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 the four horsemen, you want to call them, Larkin, Mantha, Antonisio, and Bertuzzi, right? With what you've earned to see, oh, okay, well, these guys want more responsibility. Maybe we're going to, it takes you in a different spot because, a Jack Hughes with confidence two years from now, it's like Joe Valeno, right? Who is their last pick is is killing it in the queue right now. Now, now the juniors isn't pro, but the confidence that he's gained by going back is something that you might look forward to. My next question, because I'm all positive here on Grind Time, positives out of this year, right? To to that people might not see, like for me, and I've heard you talk about it, Kenny, and I'm going to steal it from you, but. Two things for me that I watched, and I knew this, Philip Hironic, mm-hmm. right? Hironic? 
Ronick? Ronick, yeah. Ronick? <laughs> like, like Jeremy. Like It's just like Jeremy? <laughs> per- Perry's like, ask this guy. a little bit guy. of H in there. <laughs> Ronick. So, Philip Ronick, number 17 defenseman, right? Which I knew this kid was going to be good uh, last year in GR when I went down there um, at the end of the season. I dressed up and skated with them for uh, for a practice and stuff, and he wanted me to show him how to protect himself, and right, which he should never... Well, I told him, first of all, if you're fighting, something's Macaras in trouble or somebody's in trouble, right? <laughs> but but just the eagerness and the desire to get better and the talent and the skill because right-handed defenseman, but I think that you really learned, as if I look at that roster from breaking out a training camp or projection, that bang, that might be the biggest one. The other one for me is the baby Bert, man. Little Bert, he can not only log those minutes – if you haven't seen the maturity as far as how to not put his team in jeopardy from some of the things that he's done in the past, I'm a big preacher about you can make mistakes, but what have you learned? Not only, I think the question was, and Kenny, you watched it. It's just the way that how smart he is and to be able to play and to bring that intangible, but not to hurt the, the hockey club. Well, you know what, Mac and, and Sean, we were talking about strength, right? And that was one of the things that the coaching staff told Bertuzzi to work on in the offseason. Go home, build your strength up, get your stamina up, be stronger, and your game's going to be better. And we saw it this year. I mean, somehow, he reminds me of Hank in a lot of ways in, in, the, in the fact that it never looked like Hank was going to get to the puck, but he did. Bertuzzi's the same way. You don't think he's going to get to the corner, he gets to the corner. You don't think he's going to get the puck out, he gets the puck out. That's the kind of guy he is. You know what I loved about him? I remember seeing him in, in the OHL, and the thing that I loved about him is obviously the feistiness. He's a money player. Like, go look at his numbers. Don't take my word for it. Go look at his numbers, what what happens in crunch time, in playoff time. He did it in the O. He, he did, did it in the yeah. American Hockey League. This is a money guy. So when the Red Wings... I want a guy like that. Oh. That guy, he's not afraid to get his nose dirty. And you know, I guarantee you, as I'm sitting here, that guy's going to score a big goal for the Red Wing come playoff time sooner rather than later. That's just the type of player he is. And that, and you can't teach that. It's nope. just, and 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 that's like you said, is that there's guys the puck follows around. You know, when we're talking about, you know, like sky's the limit. I mean. I don't know, but when you put Anthony Sioux up the middle and when you can insulate him, see, this is the thing as they say that, but you insulate him with the Glenn Denning. Well, did you not understand that like a lot of our, our teams, and when I go to the to 90s and 2000s teams, when we played a left-wing lock system, there really wasn't the responsibilities. Like Anthony Sioux could start up at center, and when he gets in defensive zone, cover the point and have Glenn Denning down low. It's not like the way that the game has evolved – you know, it's more of hybrid players, mm-hmm. you know, like that that can skate. That's not the, the biggest difference in the game now, right, is speed. I, I don't think they're smarter. In fact, I think they're dumber. <laughs> no, I mean, they don't think because they're not allowed to think the game. You know, they're allowed to go up and down. And when you so when you see some creativity and you see some guys, like you said, like we saw uh, in our team, then then it gives you set plays. There are so many set plays, and I, and I, I so never reward dude, I, creativity. That's ridiculous. Reward creativity. No, no, like How you, you tell a me play? a set play, and it's like, well, yeah, set play is. I know if Drapes Drapes knows that if he goes into the right corner and curls out with it, I'm popping out for a one timer. That's a set play, right? But it's going to be open three times in the whole year. Okay, it's going to pay off, and I'll probably miss the net twice. <laughs> 
You know, you know what's amazing, though, and I see this not only from the Red Wings, but I see it around the entire National Hockey League, is when a player, an offensive player, will take the puck into the zone, um, they make blind pl- passes. Like, that never happened back in the day. You protected the puck. Mm-hmm. You protected it. You took a hit. You never threw it. It was rare that any player would throw it blindly to the point. Guy's not there. But the whole league does it all the time now. The other thing they do is they, they ice the puck all the time they're in trouble. And uh, I don't know if that's because the red line, there's no red line anymore or what, but it just seems like back in the day, you know, you waited to get to the blue line, throw it out. Now it's just zing, down the ice. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. 10 icing calls. Well, in back the in the day, listen, that's the, with the way the rules or the game is, but like as a winger, what the way I play, icing was a tool to get a change because we could change right. it. Today right. you can't. Yep. Over the glass, getting a whistle, stuff like these different little tricks. You know, like at the end, if the puck came down the right side and you're getting pinched on, you got nowhere to do it, you throw in the crowd. You know, like different things that it doesn't, you know, because... But why would they ice the puck now when they know they can't change? Especially with under two Kenny, minutes to go. what did I just say? Re- <laughs> revert back and I said they're faster but dumber. I don't yes. get it. It's uh, a, play the replay there. Ask, there the, co- <laughs> ask the coaching. I don't so know. Last, I, wait, let's go to our... Uh, official. Ralph, we can go to our, our grind time official, Perry Volucci. What do you have to say on this one? Well, I hate the rules. <laughs> but so, so two weeks ago, we watched the 22nd anniversary of the, the fight night, you know, uh, yeah. Claude LeHoux. And um, as we were watching the game, we were like, wow, it's a little slower. It looks a little slower. And that, but the difference was, is it was controlled hockey. Now, literally, when I, when I ref uh, the midget majors and the minors, you know, the Caesars and all, and I'd see these kids, because I used to ref, ref Larkin six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> yeah, you were waiting. <laughs> Mac was waiting for so, the Larkin name drop. So, so I, I told him, the game has become yeah. balls to the walls without a cause. They're just flying around out there, the younger kids. And, and it's not until they get to the NHL or the AHL where they're starting to get a little bit understanding of how to play the game, how to play it structured. Um, but as like Max said, I don't think too many of them are smart enough. What do you notice, Sean? Because it's still at the junior level or at the U.S. Eight, you know, the under 18 or whatever like that, because you've seen the development. Like compared to so when I came up in the late 80s, early 90s, 20 years later – the, the biggest thing that I noticed, like uh, all the years that I worked in the OHL, and, and I know you're fond of that league as well, and uh, you, you had a tremendous career in Belleville. Hi, Dave Rance. I got it. You can hit the ball hi, if you hi, want. Hi, Dave Rance. Um, I did, what it, did I lead the league in goals my last year? You, when, you, did I win OHL Player of the Year? I was going to say Player of the Year. <laughs> yeah. 1992, Jim Mahon, highest scoring right winger. What? You, you know, was it 55? Yo! How many Malta? 50. Malta only had 50. <laughs> I'm waiting for that nope. thing to go 50 times um, here. The, 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 I mean, not only do you see the point totals go incredibly down, just the lack of creativity. I, I, it's, it's sad to watch because that, to me, I, I've said this, no disrespect to you, Ken, or yep. anybody else. I, I love the National Hockey League. To me, the OHL was just something different because the kids, they were so hungry. Playing for something. Yeah, that made, that made that league so fun to me. And, you know, obviously you still get a chance to see it around here in Flint and Sarnia and Saginaw. You know, Ozzy's having a great time up there w- w- with that team. But the lack of creativity to me, with the NTDP, it, it's something different. Those kids work so hard because you have to remember, there are 16- and 17-year-old kids going up against 18, 19 Twenty year old. That's kids. a big, that's a big difference, and that is such a big difference. And, and in particular, that's that's a second um, 
people don't understand that's second biggest thing to the most stupidest thing I ever heard, which is uh, the minor hockey not hitting till Bantam when kids are hitting their puberty and they got one that's six five and you got one that's four eleven. Then they go go hit instead of teaching them when they're younger. That's the stupidest thing. But this other thing's not stupid, but you got to understand 16, 17, as we're talking about Jack Hughes developing into 8, 19, 20, those are met. You're starting to be a man. It's you, you form physically. So to that's your point, what's strange about this team. I mean, this, this team is going to get so many guys, you know, forget the first round, probably top 10 guys. And the difference about this team is when they came in, usually those kids get their heads kicked in. You know, honestly, the U17s, this team didn't. They were going out and beating teams. And, and so that's that's what I'm going to be intrigued at because I don't want to say it's been easy for them. It's never easy. You know that better than anybody. But that's what's different about this group is they haven't had perhaps some of the struggles that some of the other teams had. So I think that's what makes this group and part of the reason why they have so many first-rounders so intriguing this Is year. that because they're more talented or more yes. prepared or better coached? This, this team was loaded. Because here's the thing, that, and I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit, the talent across the board in hockey right now from pros to the, is, is exceptional. Because why? Because it's kids do it longer, get taught better, you know, growing up and stuff like that. Different things like that. But then you, you say that, so then, but the individualist or the game has left. You know, how, where's the balance? Because, Ken, you must see the difference between the teams we're going to talk about moving to the Stanley Cup playoffs the top teams, and, you know, the Red Rings are the teams that are just out of the playoffs. What's the biggest difference that you've seen in the last few years from dealing with Red Wing teams that made the playoffs and had chances to to the way the league is? You know, I think when you play Darren and, uh, you know, Koser and Probert and everybody else, I, I mean, players are more accountable back then, and they're not today and, and and the thing is they can get away with stuff and no one's going to retaliate i mean that's the thing i mean there's not really a lot of police work i think you know and what really amazed me too the other night there was I, i'm trying to think who got checked along the boards um oh it was witkowski uh, he put a hit on nordstrom oh i saw that uh, and, and then nor and then uh the achari. other guy achari comes in there and wants to fight him right away well you know back in the day you guys had long memories you know you didn't have to fight him right then you could take a number <laughs> let's say and then maybe you know next year or or you know you you, you retaliate that way you know i mean it, but now it just seems like there's retaliation after a good and that was a good body check yeah, by they just don't know how to yeah because the, the, yeah there's a difference i i did i mean that. i don't know i never played you did you know no, but no more, you're right so. because there's that accountability I always say it now. You know what? Who you're accountable to is your wife or your old lady and your paycheck. Because that's where you're going to get yelled at when you go home because you got docked 25 grand for doing something stupid on the ice. Not because you had to fight somebody. But, you know, and a, and a lot of times, at the way it used to be, your guy gets hit with a clean one. You're going to go up. Like, there's going to be a talk. We're going to have to fight. That was a clean hit, bro. He did do it. But we're going to fight. And you're going to work it out where there is... It comes down to what I always say. It's because guys in our day had respect for each other. We want to beat our other brains in, and there's only one guy I ever wanted just to like really kill, and we all know that. We did a show on a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Anniversary <laughs> special, March 26th. But. No, I was going to say, um, I talked to Kelly Chase, and you yeah. know Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and when he was playing with the Blues, I asked him one time, I said, you know, I said, did you ever get a, you know, want to go after like an Iserman for something he did, or maybe he got away with a slash or something like that. And he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, he goes, I wanted to go get after him. He goes, but he says, I wasn't really afraid of, uh, you know, the, the 10 minute misconduct. He said, 
I, I was afraid of coming out. I'd have to fight uh, Koser, and then I'd go into the box, and I'd have to fight Probert. Yeah. He goes, he goes no. I don't want to do that. You know what's funny? We were talking about Proby's book before the show started, and, and you just brought this... Proby, the one guy he couldn't stand. If you guys read the book, it was Kevin McGuire from the Buffalo Sabres. Because, because he, of what he did for Stevie. It's exactly what you said. Yeah. He, went, he went after Stevie, like 88 or whatever. And it, like if you go on YouTube, you yeah. can watch Bob go berserk. You, you he can slides let, on his knees and, and tags he, him. Oh, yes, he, he does. He, he, and it's, he never let it go either. Like, like I, I talked to him about it, and, and you can read it in the book. I mean, he, he, he was he I'll, was t- I'll tell you, because this is guy's... Like and I'm the same way, built the same way. And you say, Joe, you know what? You can do stuff to us, right? That we'll decide whether we're gonna deal with it or how we're gonna deal with it. Maybe we'll brush that off and let you that cheap shot. But you do somebody to my guy, I'll rip your living face. I mean, I <laughs> Google me, but I mean I'll kill you. Like if you go after like go after one of my teammates, like a- anyway. At- Oh, McGuire oh, ran yeah, we got, Steph. He ran Greg Steph in there. Steph. There's a hothead. I love him. But but the fact that, and this is on, that McGuire as their tough guy squares off with Stevie, and then, like, like Proby's trying to, look at, who's eight? Eight's got Proby's leg. There's a guy hanging on like a dog. Seriously. Was that Dennis Sears? Yeah, Sears. Hey, did you see Proby's going, what are you doing? And he popped him a couple times in the face. Like, oh, me, bro. Like, yeah. oh, me. I, you know, the, the funniest thing, Mac, I remember watching this and going, I, Iserman's dropping with McGuire. And that's I mean, that was the craziest thing about it. Yeah. Right. Like, I, and I think you might even hear Mick, but. They're not being hit enough and fought enough and everything else, and uh, they are tonight. And this will get something, uh, gives Detroit something to think about. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. You know, he has good reason. I mean, McGuire really. Oh, oh here's really Gallup now. Yeah, he's he trying goes. to get out of McGuire. Well, he's not going to get at him. You see Kevin uh, McGuire, he's just standing back looking. Here he comes. Right guy. Oh, he suckered him. There we go. Nailed him right there. He just went the around the ref, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, look at him. Now, Hosley has to get a hold of that goaltender. <laughs> Somebody has a hold of Hosley. It's hard to tell right now. Oh, here. we Go missed ahead. those days. Oh, huh? my goodness. Well, that rest got some judo. McGuire's He's keeping well, number 24 he, he, away. That's he, nothing to do. No, no, that's that's not easy. And they're going to tee off. Now, no. starting to swing a little I think it ends up in the corner. Is that I thought it ended up out front of uh, Buffalo's bench, didn't it? Right, right over here. Oh, boy. Yeah, it ends in the. Yeah, it goes into the corner. Yeah, you're right. Yep, right down in there. Oh, does Bob go crazy? Because he goes because Stevie, I think. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. But here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, if this happened in today's game, the National Guard would have been called in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Everybody would be suspended. <laughs> There'd be nobody left on the bench. <laughs> no. You become. Hey, is, is it in the rules that if, if so to speak, that if everybody on the bench. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is when Stevie. Yeah. Oh, McGuire really. He starts teeing off on Isaac. Look at that. Now, why did Stevie charge? What happened there? What did we miss? Oh, two on one. Oh, okay. two on one. Look at Bob. There's Proby. He waits. Look at him. Yeah. Look at him. Tear. Eye him up. Eye him up. Pull him up. Pull him up. Get him, Bob. He's gonna circle. Look at him. Yeah. Look at. Oh, you want some? With the mask on. Poor Tommy Barrasso. Get out of my face. Let's go get him. You want this? We 
Who else is that? Somebody else? Sneak is that the one? That could be Spuddy going nuts, too. Yeah, that thing was George. Probert's like a predator. Oh, that's, that's Gallant, right? Oh, he's tough as hell. Look at Housley. Housley's going. Housley's going, hey, Gerard, I'll grab you so you don't have to fight anymore. He'll just look around for the open man. And he just look at number one. 24, still trying. Oh, just watch. Oh, he's what not he does. done yet. Watch what he does. Now he's free. Look out. There, look at, there you go. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Didn't McGuire, wasn't he a referee? Yeah. 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 One of the greatest sucker punches I have ever seen. See, okay, guys. Now, oh, that <laughs> was not like was I do. A I tell everybody punch. that you know, the difference between a sucker punch and a cold cock, right? Mm -hmm. Which, which, by the way, I put it on the, the grind time locker room. Is there was an interview done with me after that fight, like twenty some years ago, and there's a camera angle there that you see how hard I hit. Lemieux, right? When you look at somebody, that's Colcock. Proby, I don't think he wasn't looking, but that was a great slide sucker. And when you deserve that, if you touch Stevie, what do you expect? I like the terminology, a great slide sucker. <laughs> yeah. How would you have? I mean, you're the, you're the, you, you're the person that for a living and has done it so Snuck graciously for us has put it pictures into the words. How would you have described what he did there? Oh, hell is breaking loose on the ice, and uh, Probert slides in and. No, hits him with an uppercut. I guess I don't know. I'd get in one trouble. Knee, I don't know. I'd call it justice. <laughs> I, I'd get in trouble. I'd say something like that because I mean that's justice. I, yeah. I don't care. No, I agree. You you're, you, you know what Kevin you. McGuire is. You know what Steve Eiserman is. And you don't wrestle with him. Do whatever you want. Steve is a strong guy. He can hold himself. But when you take a no, swing, when you start that's over. That's that's over. They, right. Which if and if for people listening who can't see, I, I it's. Uh, uh, Kevin McGuire, Bob Probert, back at probably 88. But the problem, and Sean, you nailed it, is the respect. Now, it happens sometimes where you get paired off in a situation like that with a guy who's not a fighter or whatever, and it's like, behave, okay? And then you start talking, right? You're not going to, if, as long as everything's copacetic, Guys are paired off properly, which means that guys aren't out of their classes, right? So it doesn't matter if your guy might lose the fight. It's if it's like, you know, if it's like push and sever and fight, and that's fine. Push can handle himself, you know, like right. it, it's, 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 it's different. If it, as long as it's like that, then you're not. But the minute it's switched off, you're going to, I don't care if you're a goalie, whatever you are, it's either let go or you're going to hammer him and go wherever it was because the injustice is gone. And I think that what we learned here tonight on Grind Time is that that's the difference between the game that we grew up where I played and back in the day um, to now is that justice sort of like in life has... It's changed. It's, it, it, it's, it's just tilted or whatever. It's just the norm is different. Would you say is that... Totally. Your brother, there's a perfect example. Perry's brother, Mike, Mike Vellucci. Who is uh, Mike Vellucci, who is the coach for the Charlotte Checkers. Charlotte Checkers. Of the AHL, they finished first place yeah, overall? Run, yeah, running away, record. first overall. Yeah. It, but he played He's, for the Hartford Whalers. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember. He played right. for the Hartford Whalers. And they had, back in the day when things like that used to happen, they had a Donnybrook with, with Quebec. Who's he paired up with? Michelle Goulet. 
you're not going to. So he goes, he goes, here I am. I'm excited. I'm in the National Hockey League. And Michelle Goulet's looking at me going, don't do it, kid. Don't do it. <laughs> and Andrew, he goes, I'm not going to take a punch at Michelle Goulet. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Because the, there's that respect back in the day was whatever else. Because, and it goes to treat me the way you want to be treated, right? I'm not going to. And, and this is regular season we're talking about. Because when playoffs comes around. Everything is out the window because it's win or lose. And and why I say that is because... But nobody you, fights in the playoffs. Rarely, right? Well, they will. But it's... it's What I'm saying is how hard guys play because I've never seen Wayne Gretzky get abused more by 18 and 33 than in 96 against St. Louis. Like, yeah. you'll play those guys hard. Um, not fight them, but like dirtier. I guess make it harder on them in the playoffs where you're not going to still... You're not going to... Go out there and, and jump somebody or whatever, but you're going to keep a copacetic, but you're going to finish your check. I remember Paul Coffey wouldn't talk to me for like <laughs> 10 years after I laid him out, knocked him out of the series in Philly, you know, after game two or whatever. But sorry, bro. You know, like guys are like that, but the playoffs, but that's, you know, that's sort of one of the differences. What about what, what gives, give us a nugget, Kenny, about what people should look, be excited or look forward to for this Red Wing team. Well, I, I think they're in the right direction, heading in the right direction. And what I really like about this team, Darren and Sean, is that uh, all the guys that are expected to lead this team in the future are really getting it at the same time. And I think what we've seen before is we'd have Mantha have a good game, and then he'd go four or five games, and he wouldn't do anything. And then you had Bertuzzi, same thing. Larkin was good all season long for the most part. But now, towards the end of the season, you had four or five guys you know, like gel together at the same time. So that's the hope that I see that these guys will do it on a more consistent basis and we've seen it. So that's proof that they can get it done. You know what I say too? And I tell everybody, you know what the greatest thing is? How these 22, 24, 25, great. So they're not, they're where we were in like 94, 95. And what I mean by that is their core guys, these guys you're talking about, right? Aren't married yet. Don't have the kids. Don't have. So this summer, it wouldn't be surprised me if they don't go away on a trip or golf and work out together and build what they started. And, you know, when I said earlier to you guys, when I walked into the dressing room, you know, about a month or so ago and was like, holy, did, let me take the temperature of the room here because, wow, this feels like old school because it felt like guys were excited to be there. We're happy to play with each other. And, and that's the greatness that you mentioned, not only that, Kenny, about getting it on the ice together, getting it as pros and what it means to be Detroit Red Wings because we all know being around here, the game's the easy part. You know, I mean, it's it's the way you lead, and I think that's what I, for myself, as, as an alumnus and watching these guys, I couldn't be more proud of who they are as people too. You know, I, I think of the Edmonton Oilers and uh, the great teams that they had before all of them got married. They did everything together. Yeah. And you know what? That's kind of the secret to uh, them bonding together and making teams great is because you've got a group of guys that are around the same age and they do things together off the ice, on the ice, in the locker room. They hang together and that makes you really close. And when things happen on the ice, and, and we just talked about somebody disses somebody wrong, guess what? Who's going to go to bat for them? It's the guys that you're close closest to. So I like that. The other thing I'd like to see, guys, is um, I, I still think the Red Wings need some scoring, and I'd like to see some balanced scoring. And you can't always 
count on Bertuzzi and Mantha and Larkin to score all the goals for you. You got to have second, third, fourth lines that can contribute on occasion. So when those guys aren't going, the other guys are, and you've got some balance now. Well, I think that's probably going to segue after Sean gives me his answer about that into these playoffs, why some of these teams are so good and what you've seen throughout the league, what, what you need. Because the greatest gift is you go and you see who, who do you want to be like, whether it's team, whether it's player, what are they doing to get there? And at least in the right direction. What about you? From what you, you know, see? what I think sometimes when we talk about this, we we focus on the young guys as we should. Okay, I thought, and can you tell me if I, if you agree or disagree? I thought Dylan Larkin went like this this mm-hmm. year. I, I, I really did. And you know, we can have the debate: is he elite? I don't care. He's a darn good player. I'll go to war with a guy mm-hmm. like that. I'll go. I'll go to war with a guy like that. And I I thought there was a, a maturity. Now you know the way he conducted himself. I think both on and off the ice. I, I think. You know, again, so much is said about the C, and maybe next year he gets a C. I know Coach Blaschel said that's something that they'll talk about, but I really liked his game. He has turned into a lead by example. And can you note today, you have to play 200 feet. You, I mean, that's you have to play 200 feet. The guys that decide that they want to play 170 feet are are not going to get the ice time if. I thought Dylan led by example. I, I really like Dylan. I, you know, there's still work to be done. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I think one thing, if there is a goalie of the future in the system, he hasn't presented himself yet. That doesn't mean that there isn't one, you know, but but right now, hey, I don't think enough said about Jimmy Howard either. I, I thought Jimmy was, was really he, good this year. I'll tell you this. I don't know how many games that I and and that the and I've known Jimmy for his whole career from even my end of my career being in the minors and his mental toughness and the way that he's really worked on his game and honed his craft. He I don't know how many times early in the year you could see him make four saves and then oh I'm sorry I can't make the fifth in a row. You know what I mean? Like right. he's had a couple of bad games. Everybody has bad games, but consistently he gives them an opportunity to win. He decides if you look at the games, they're, if they're going to throw an egg or a one goal, usually he's in net, not Bernier. Like, so to me, save percentage is a huge thing, mm-hmm. right? And his is over 920, and that is elite. So, well, and back to your point about Larkin, is you're right. It doesn't matter that he's elite. You see eliteness in Edmonton and draft choice up top, 100 points, not make playoffs. But what you do find and I think that you see is that he goes out and he leads by example, a la what Stevie did, and these guys follow him, right? There's no question to me that he's the one that's saying, come on, guys, but he also knows he's his worst cr- critic and he's got to allow these guys to come with them. So that's why it's exciting. The other thing I like about him too, Darren and, and Sean, is that he's going against the other team's best players. Yep. He's going in for face-offs against Bergeron. He's going in he for face-offs against He reminds me of a more, like to say poor man, it would just, but Bergeron. Mm. He, he could play 200 feet. He's the left-handed shot. He's reliable. I don't know how many shifts I watched him take when they have the shift counter on that's over a minute 20 and he doesn't look at, like, like, get off the ice but he's not being irresponsible getting out caught out there so what i'm saying like those those are the guys the 200 foot guys the guys that can give you 30 go- you're talking about a, a that is elite to me isn't it nobody nobody expected 
uh, nobody expected Dylan, I think, to, to score 30 goals. I mean, they thought he'd be a really good player. But you know what? That's something that he said. He said in his, his, his uh, mind going into the season, hey, I can score 30. He did. Sorry to cut you off there, No, Perry. no, that's right. Well, we watched uh, the, the game the other night, the final game. Uh, and, and at the end of the game, they interviewed uh, Dylan. And he stood up in front of all the reporters talking about the end of the year. And Mac said he noticed that everything that Dylan talked about, he goes, look, at it's coming. It's true. It's coming from the heart. It's coming from the head. It's not just cliches or sayings that he's putting out there. He's feeling this. He believes this. And like he said, it sucks. Next year, we're not going to be in that spot. And I think that was the biggest thing Darren was mentioning to me is that going, he believes it. He's going to be the leader. And these guys are going to follow. And it's going to be a different year next year. How about Grand Rapids? We got, you know, they've been at, obviously, Zadina getting his uh, 10 game. Did he get 10 in? He got nine here. Nine in yeah. because, of, yeah. And, and you know, I always look at, especially now, for the guys to go back in the playoffs and to, you know, continue to, to play. How many guys got sent back? Or? I think there were nine from the last game against Buffalo. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and here's the thing, too. People talk about tanking. You got nine regulars out of the lineup, right? <laughs> you got you got guys in the lineup that you've found for the last few weeks that realize, hey, you know what? I deserve to be here, not just like, oh, I'm getting a, a chance and going out and, and playing solid and proving to themselves. So And they I, beat good teams. Yeah. They beat good teams with good players. And I don't don't when that puck drops, it's like anything else, right? It's game on. You can't, it, it doesn't matter, you know, you don't go, you're telling yourself, oh, it's game 82, I'm not going to, you know, it, it, uh, it, puck drops, it's like, ah, goal. I, I thought it was more important that they did with what they had than what they could possibly do with what they don't have. Honestly, I mean. That was those... so well put, I'm going to have to break that down for Perry later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to use crayons and uh, coloring books, but Sean, that was so well said, and because... It sets you up for where you're going, and because, you know, guys you didn't have a clue on, you at least know good, bad, or indifferent where you're at. And and I think that going into last year, going into the summertime, I was probably a nice, solid three and a half out of ten. Just, you know, this is going to be awesome summer. Great. This year, man, I'm back. I'm up to, like, I'm... I'm at a nice eight, Ooh. like a nice eight with, I'm excited to see what happens tonight, what happens in the lottery draft, what happens in the draft, what happens moving forward, but they piqued my interest and it'll be exciting to, to, you know, get on the golf course with these guys this summer and see where their heads are at. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a brand new experience for them too. And I think what's the most important part, um, and I'm speaking on behalf of my brethren, um, you know, the guys you see up here and the guy is, is that we want to help any way it's possible to facilitate making their success to help them out. If it's, if it's a mindset, if it's anything else, that's, you know, to watch this now, it's, I, I circumvent it to, it must've been like, sort of like Camelot, you know, when you have, cause Larkin is, if I'm the, the favorite stepson, he's like King Arthur, right? Coming out of Waterford, knowing the history, been bred to do this. This is all he's wanted to do as a kid. Enhance it. Pull that thing. Pull that sword out of there. Lead your, <laughs> lead your troops, and we'll support you. And it, and it, and it's exciting. I think, I don't know. I'm excited, even though we're not the, the most excited I've ever been for not being in the playoffs. 
Their uh, their point total is what just one better than a year ago. Mm-hmm. But this year just didn't seem like you know even even though they lost some tough games, it seemed like they played better. I you don't tell, know. You tell us, Kenny, because you yeah. broadcast every game. But it was like it, you what, know, like, was, what I, was di- what was different from you if you could break it. Yeah, you know, we 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 went through a stretch in November where the team was playing pretty good, you know, and then Green went out, and then DeKaiser went out, and then they kind of went south a little bit. But even when they went south, they played hard. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff because one of the toughest things to do is when you don't have anything really to play for other than your job, I guess, is to get them pumped up and fired up and played. And you know what? You look at the last 12 games, they won eight of them. And and they beat good teams. It's not like they laid down and died and that was it. You know, they they beat San Jose, they beat Vegas, they beat, you know, playoff teams, you know. So so I give the coaching staff a lot of credit for making them uh what they were and, and going out and competing hard. And I give a lot of guys like Jake Chelios and and McElrath who who got a shot at the end. Hiroshi looks like he could be a pretty good mm-hmm. player down yeah, the road. You you're right, Darren. They they gave these guys an opportunity and they made the best of it and that's all you can ask for. Ken, you bring up such a good point because I, I and I'm sure you'll remember this, but they had those back to back games, those stinkers early in the year in Boston and in Montreal where they were absolutely destroyed. I mean, like, didn't look like they belong on the ice. And for them to bounce back from that, I I think that says a lot. You know, because you're talking about a young kids, oh my goodness, it's still October, this is going to be the longest year. For them to bounce back by the way that they did, I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. You know, no hanging the head, come on boys, this is going to be different. You know, because those were stinkers. I mean, there's no other way to say that. And I think I can speak for a lot of people out there, what was it, 08-2, whatever the heck it was, we were like, this this is going to be eighty five eighty six wings bad. You know that that's kind of the that's kind of the measuring stick for all of us guys. The year that Stevie went down with an injury, but you know what? They got it back, and and, and kudos to them. I think that coaching staff deserves credit. I think absolutely. I, I think the thing too is that when you're talking about that, the the most frustrating part of the year is when they get two three goal leads in Toronto, whatever, and then there oh. seemed like for games they just give up three four goal leads and just. But I look back at that as you got to learn to believe that you deserve to be there. It was almost like they looked around and went, wait, 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 we shouldn't be winning this. This isn't right. But that's part of the learning curve. The learning curve. So as long as we saw the learning curve. um, Speaking of that, uh, Tampa Bay officially finished at 62-16-4 for 128 points, which technically ties the Detroit Red Wings 95-96 season of uh, 62 wins. I was part of that team. I don't know if you want that record because I don't know if people know this. We did not win the cup that year. <laughs> so this is sort of a jinx. But if you want to go to regulation or overtime wins, they only had 56. We didn't play overtime. And just like I said, he should have been called Google because he got ripped off at just being the professor because back in the day, if Igor said it and somebody said, where'd you hear that? You said Igor, Larionov. Well, that was true. Well, he said that they... They don't tie us. We still got the record. So, <laughs> and, and you guys had 131 points that. Year. Yeah, Kenny, give it to them. 131. You know what? You know what, Mac? That was the best team. That was my first year in the league. You know, and I remember oh. we were in St. Louis. <laughs> I come. Hey, I come in. Uh, I remember one time we were in uh, St. Louis, right? And uh, 
uh, I'm having a ginger ale with uh, with Dave Lewis, right, in St. Louis. There's suds in that ginger ale, kids. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'm in there, and, uh, you know, we got like 50-some wins now, right? 56, 57 wins. We're heading for that record, right? And and I remember uh, talking to Dave Lewis, like, wow, this is great. He goes, listen, he goes, enjoy it. He says, this will never happen again, you know? He goes, he goes this is normal, you know what I mean? He goes, we have a really good team. He goes, but, you know, very few teams hit the 60 plateau, right, the win plateau. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was right. But to me, out of all the teams that won the Stanley Cup, I know 2002 was really good. That was a v- very good team in 95, 96. I mean, I didn't think anyone was going to beat you guys. And look, yeah, look no, at I the mean, Hall of Famers that were on that team that were traded away right after that with Koff and, and Dino. And, I mean, you yeah. know, they made, you, th- that team got shaken up. And then no, you, I mean, it was, you know, as, as good as, you know, you lose in 95, then 96, 97. I, there's a, hey, I was fortunate to be on a a lot of great teams but like you, you said one more you could have won more stanley cups I mean, we played really- in six lost two but you know yeah you know that's where the i'm l- listen guys i'm happy with the four i got <laughs> and in, four case, more Kenny, than I have. in case you're wondering they're all over there right? <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what here's the thing i, I want to ask sean this too and yeah. you too mm-hmm. mac i mean um you know i i know teams that do well in the regular season sometimes don't do well if they win the president's trophy and a lot of times those teams don't win the Stanley cup. The only issue I have today right now is, you know, I don't see any weaknesses in Tampa Bay. I mean, they, I've seen games where they look bad in the first period and they're down two nothing. They come back and they win six, three or something. You're, you know? a, you're a sick segueer into our picks <laughs> right there, because that is the first game we're going to tackle. And I see that starting tomorrow. We got Tampa Bay and Columbus. That is the one seed and the eight seed in the East. Now, Kenny, yeah. great point. You've seen that that team to me up and down is the closest thing that I've seen to us back in the day. Because what do you need to win in the playoffs? Let's break it down because we're going to be going through these 16 teams and picking. But goaltending, boom, Vasilevsky, right? One of the best in the league, right? Got to stay healthy. Well, not only have they stayed healthy with their top guys, now you can't predict that moving forward, but they're pretty well insulated at, at some depth. And not only do they they have veteran defensemen. With Victor Hedman, you know, arguably one of the best. You got Nikita Kucherov up the middle. You know, point. What do they got? How many did they have? Didn't they have three 40-goal scorers or something? They had uh, two 40-goal scorers, three 40-goal scorers. Yeah. And uh, the, the the thing about them is, like, their fourth line even had, like, well, combined that, 37 or 40 goals. That's what made us so, ta- so dangerous is that it, they roll four lines. If you watch them play, yeah. Like, how many goals does Stamkos have? Because it's the quietest 45. Mm-hmm. 45, yeah. Quietest 45 goals. And the kids are snipers is coming out of Sarnia. I mean, but... You know, with Kucherov and and everything like that, I think that uh, last year I got it right because I said if Washington, after they lost the first two, if they this could be Wings a la 2002, and it was, but... That this, Julian Breezewash sure has done a good job putting that team together down in Tampa, hasn't he? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what it is, right? Yeah. No, that guy's good. But how about... Let me ask you this, just real quick, though. Like, we, we talk about Tampa Bay being good, and Mac, you played this game... You know, playoffs change. Like, I've always said this, too. You could have the best power play through 82 games, and then you go into game one and two, you could be 0 for 12 with a man advantage. It changes. So so do you guys see anything from Tampa Bay 
where Columbus could beat them in that first round. You, you know, I want to ask you this. I, I'm, I'm going to answer, but I want to look at Mac. Do you believe in monkey on the back stuff? Because this is a team that has had really good teams in the last five years and have only made that one trip to the finals. And, and they've been the favorite a few times. So in the back of their head, they know, okay, now this is next level stuff. This is, this is all time stuff. Do you buy that stuff that maybe they know in the back of their head? Well, maybe we should have one already. And now they're oh, there's every bit of pressure on. I think you're just trying to be different if you pick against Tampa. I really do. I think you're just you're making an effort to be different because they are that to me prohibitive uh, a favorite. Mac, do you buy that pressure? Is that pressure real? I buy the fact that the spot shadow, the light, especially right off the bats on Kucherov, because last year he was invisible, mm-hmm. right? So there's the spotlight's going to be on. Now, let's go back to what we said. That's fine. Shut him down. He got three other lines yeah. that are coming. I don't see in a seven-game series and watching the way Columbus got into it, and I love Bobrovsky, um, but they got two li- maybe two lines. I don't think that they can stay with them because now we're talking playoffs. You're talking that and you're talking every other night. So healthy home schedule, right? Where travel in this game really doesn't matter. I, you know, to me, I got Tampa in five. What about, what about Columbus? Um, you know, how do they feel going in this knowing they got nothing to lose? Exactly. They got no, no. So that's the great, but, but no, no, it's, here's, no, no. it's, it's, it's San Jose in 93. Well, let me, let me go back. That's exactly what it is. It's no, the no. same thing as 93 when we lost to San Jose after being the best team. That's what you have. Or Detroit losing to Edmonton. Like, it can happen, but I don't see it. All right, I'm going to go back to 95-96. 62 wins, 131 points. First round matchup, Hobby Bullen in Winnipeg. Whoa. They took you to six games. I yeah, mean, but wait, 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 wait. It was I mean, it was two, a tough two. series, though. It was yeah, a oh, tough yeah. series. No, it was a great series. They, I, I'm not saying playoffs, like, it's all one goal. Like, how many overtime? Like, that's the thing. You got to get, you got to stay healthy, great goaltending, and then you got to get puck luck. You got to get that bounce. You got to get that break. You're going to see, you know, I was disappointed last year because there wasn't enough overtime games. I agree. No, I mean, I was bummed, dude. I mean, come on. First round of the playoffs, hockey every night, four games. And you're not giving me at least two overtime games? <laughs> that's that's in today's NHL. Because that's, that's another- where it can switch. Because you go to overtimes, okay, and throw it all Every, out. You can yep. say, okay, they got a vet. No, because how many times you've seen that one shot, that one whatever, bounce in, hit something. We've all watched enough hockey to know that in a sudden death, Remember last year, we were talking during the playoffs, Washington was down 0-2, yeah. and you said they're going to need, the, he was, he's flashing back to uh, uh, the, the, the- Perry's having two. a moment here, I already mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned, you? like I said, last year- With the year, goal. No, yeah. no, but down 2-0, because right. I said it to you, right? And I said, you watch, if they and win tonight, this it. could be a revision back to whatever. So- Overtime sort of switches it. You would say, you know, you're not going to go. Obviously, I'm going to say Tampa and Columbus. Who are you taking in overtime? Well, Tampa, right? But it's goaltending. What about what about Lidstrom? His bouncing goal from center ice against Vancouver, right? Oh, that no changed too. the series sure around. Right? But that's, yeah. but Kenny, that's yeah. my point. Right, uh, down 0-2, yeah. he, he dropped kick side. I mean, he's just sick. He's got all the shots. I mean, he is the Norris. He planned human. it, by the way. Of course he did, but. That's what I mean. The bounce, the whatever. Now, 
We could be sitting here and one, because one momentum thing can handle it. Now, to your point, Sean, if things don't go smooth and they face adversity, does that creep in the back of their mind? I don't know. They have not proven they can. Now, if you tell me if we skip down to Washington, yeah, dude, adversity central. You know, last year. Before last year, if we were doing this preview show before the playoffs last year, I'm like, no, Washington Caps can't handle any Caps. adversity. Now you're like, right? So I got, I don't know about you. I got I got Tampa in the first series in five. You guys, anybody else? Anybody have Columbus? Five. Got in five? Yeah. I want to say four really badly, but I'm not going to. There, here's a difference between, again, we, we probably sound like a bunch of old dudes, but back in the day, so many of those first rounds were just over like that. You know, in this era of cost certainty, how many times have we seen a series like this go six or seven games? Well, that's the, that's you know, the that's parody. The that is now. Batman hockey, the parody down to the last game where it's going to be close. And and the whole thing is home ice doesn't mean as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. Everybody's used to play. Every rink's the same, you know, pretty much. You know, like it, it, it's not that that much. Are you? You look like you're over there going Columbus and seven. No, no. I'm. I'm th- <laughs> here's what I'm thinking, Mac. I'm thinking uh, Columbus. They've never won a playoff series in their history. I, I don't think they've won a playoff game. Well, this they? is a, you, so. You're um, thinking that this is the yes. perfect one to start. No, no. So I'm saying <laughs> that. Th- you know what? The only way that they can steal a couple of games of Bobrovsky is unbelievable. But I just don't think they have the firepower. Um, They've played well, and they're on a little bit of a run going into the playoffs. I like teams that are like that because they're freewheeling and there's nothing to lose. But can they win the series? I don't think so. That Edmonton team that knocked you guys off in 06. I wasn't there. I was that, in Calgary. That, yeah, you were in Calgary by then. But but that Edmonton team is a team, to your point, they had been playing playoffs for a month. And they had everything going. You know, Fernando Pisani scoring goals left and right. Those are the types of things that you need to get going. And think about this, especially as active as Columbus was at the deadline. If they flame out, that's going to be ugly. That's good because they oh, yeah. they went they all in at the, at the deadline. They you know, they, they, they went and you don't know in. if they're going to resign. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, no, they're, they're, that's 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 the whole point. But that. You know, to, to like you said, to to that point, it, it'll be very interesting. Now, now to your point too, as you look at the top teams, who's been wrestling guys who hasn't? Well, Tampa's been. They won the last game six three. With it doesn't matter who they put in there, their guys are still playing. So they know. I think the way that they played the end of the year is they sort of know that they can't have any letdowns. I think this is their year. To me, is that. They're, they're a year to lose, and it's their year to prove what Washington did last I'll year. I'll say this. If they lose any of the rounds, I think that's a major disappointment because they have, they've wired-to-wired this thing. Yep. You know, and, and they've been so Kenny, good. The, the only question people want to know out there is, if does it matter if they win or lose? Does Stevie end up here anyways? <laughs> that's the You know, like it doesn't matter if they win or lose. That right, exactly. It, it like so. Don't. It doesn't matter if they win. Doesn't matter if they lose. To your point, I heard you on the radio. You hear all these things out of New York. What, I, dude? It's called tampering. If it, until you hear it till after the regular season's done. So I heard Steve Eisman. By the way, um, like my sources tell me that um, he's going back up to. Uh, to Antarctica or uh, up to the Arctic Circle and help coach Santa Claus's team with Homer. So 
That's, my, that's my, point, my point is there'd probably be about eight or nine different teams that would like his services. Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so if you see a report out there that says, ah, oh, yeah, the New York Times came out and said no, that uh, he's the, interested in the Ranger job. Well, you know. That's, that, that's like, Timmy, that's like I told you, hey, I, I, hey uh, say they're just uh, retired. Stevie probably want that president job. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, hey, would you like to play bass for... Uh, I don't know Metallica or uh, yeah, but it's the Rangers. Is he is he really talking to the Rangers? Like, is that I, no? My point is my think. point okay. is that I think it's full of shit. Okay, <laughs> there you go. No, no, but I <laughs> but answer. but again, to be a president. Oh, Kenny Oh, Kenny. Kenny Cow, that jackass. <laughs> Kenny, I wish Kenny. Can you call your own goal? He scores. He scores. No, so so I think it's just. Uh, <laughs> It's just blunder blub. All right. Don't listen to it. So, all right. Uh, next, that's even though it's a Thursday game, let's stay in the East. Two seed Boston, three seed Toronto. Toronto, as my boy Matt the Diesel Dairy says, Toronto. What do you think? What do you, Shawnee? I like Toronto in this series, and I'll tell you why. I, Boston played so well down the stretch. I, to me, I think I put the circle around Anderson. I, I, I think that guy. People don't realize, you know, the the scoring of, of Toronto and they're getting it from different places right now. I, I put the circle around Anderson, and you know, you were talking about wrestling guys. I had a chance to watch uh, the the Habs beat the Marlies the other night because the Leafs were resting everybody. I mean, it really it did. It looked like an AHL game. Um, I, I I think the Leafs are going to pull the upset. That if if that's one in the first round that I it, you know because. You guys know as well as I do. Somebody's going to beat somebody that it wasn't supposed to happen. If I had to pick one, it's not a major upset, but I'll, I'll take Toronto. I, I think Mike Babcock is uh, – I think they're close. I, I don't know if they're ready to win a cup yet, but I think they're close. I don't think they have the goal. To your point, I don't think that goaltending is – It's all about him. It's all about no, him. No, I, I, this Toronto team almost mirrors San Jose – Except Martin Jones has proven it before. Now the difference between that, like this Anderson is Calgary, right? It's Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Now who you put? You know what I mean? Like you, you, who? I'm not really confident in putting anything, and I'm everybody knows I'm a degenerate, you know. But who are you gonna bet on, right? So to your point, you know what? I'm I I'm sticking with Boston. I gotta go with Boston because they know how to do it, and and I'm a I think Tuka Rask. I think you're right. I think when we're talk about this series, it's gonna be well if you didn't let in that goal or if you didn't because down the stretch too, Toronto just gives up way too many goals. I've seen it way too much. Five, four, five, four. They had some crazy games. That, like the and they haven't figured out to shut it down. Because the good teams like Tampa will figure out, okay, we got to win this game one nothing. They can, right? Washington can win a game one nothing. I don't think Toronto can win a game one nothing. Boston can. That's mine. I, I, but I think it's seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's an even series. Um, but history tells me that Boston is going to win again. And you know, I, I mean, I, I like Mike Babcock. I like the way he coaches. And I think Toronto has a lot of firepower, but so do the Boston Bruins. Their goaltending is much better with Rask and Halak. It doesn't matter who they throw in there. Um, Marshan to me, is unbelievable. 
you know, Bergeron, Pasternak, all these guys. I mean, they're really deep, I think. And and I think it's going to be a great series. And hey, trust me, Toronto remembers that last series against Boston. Remember when the, they could have won that series? Boston came back, won it in overtime. Won, and uh, all the sent all the fans in Toronto at Air Canada Centre home crying. You know, I mean, they remember that. You know what I mean? And and but they got a lot of you know, stuff. You know to the last time you know you know the last time that the Bruins, I think, lost to the Maple Leafs was back in nineteen sixty nine. They've lost every playoff series, I think five or six in a row. Oh, I, you I, didn't tell me that. Ah, I I might be you might be right on this one, Sean. You, you know what you just said, Ken, you open that might have just Do you know I, what ticks me off is is you especially you take a look at this division and these teams haven't played each other. Like a Montreal-Detroit playoff series. We haven't seen that since 78. Leafs and Habs, we haven't seen that since 79. It's a crying shame. I'm sorry. I'm one of those guys. Sorry to go off on a tangent. No, Let's go good. back to those old divisional matchups, one versus four. Do you know how great it would be? in the? Could you imagine in this series, Bruins-Wings first round playing the winner of Habs-Leafs? Are you kidding me? That would that would be unbelievable. Obviously, Tampa's in there, and we'll see what Buffalo does with some of the youth that they have. But but I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm kind of an old school guy. Uh, dare I say, you know, a, a romantic about it? Bruins and Leafs are. It's just right. It's right. It's absolutely it is. It feel, right. It feels old school, like a, like our little bit of of the youth, like you know, eight or whatever it would be. Whenever you get those matchups, so it feels that way, and. Toronto's going to be going nuts, and like you said, I, I just think I think um, I, I got to go with Boston. I just think that uh, Toronto gave away their grinders. Like you got to have grinders, and and I just think they lack in that department. I think goalkeeping's better with Boston. Doesn't mean that Boston is going to win the series. I think they are just because of that. And um, offense, I don't know. Sometimes it gets shut down, you know, and. I don't know. I just like Boston. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to go six or seven games. I'll take the Bruins in six. Nice. I'll tell you, Mac, I I like uh, the Bruins in seven. I think it's going to be a great series. My question with Toronto is, are they, if they stumble a little bit, are they going to think back to what happened last year? And will they they collapse? Will they collapse? That's a different, sorry, Perry, that's a difference between your question about Tampa Bay and your question about Toronto. If it goes south, I don't think Toronto yet has because even though they they have good young players winning leadership and i like john tavares but he's still got to learn how to play in the playoffs it's a whole different a whole different beast so that's the one to see adversity do they have a short memory on because they might um who'd you pick in the first one perry tampa yeah yeah tampa how many five. Five. five five all right yeah Washington and Carolina, the first wild card, which, dude, I, I hope Carolina wins a couple games because their sallies are the best. I, I don't care what you that. say. I love Justin you say Williams that. is my guy, and the, what they do and their creativity and the way they got those fans, I, st- I will turn on NHL tonight and try to time it to when the game's over if they're winning. If I see on the ticker they're winning and I'll find the game just to see because they've – some of the sickest celebrations, you know. But I was a big Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, Cincinnati when he started to do that. I think that goes back to the, the beginning of this conversation about the individuality. But, you know, there's Justin Williams who's won some cups and has realized that, you know, I like the demeanor of that Carolina team. I don't think they have enough. I think that they're, they always play the right way. 
you know, they play hard and they got the guys that you can't pronounce their names and you don't know who they are, <laughs> you know, except for that Aho guy. Oh, is he Svechnikov? Yeah, yeah. But but they got good yard talent. I just think Washington, when you win and the experience, I don't think it's a hangover. I think I see Ovi as hungry that he got a taste. Because it's, it's one of those things that I w- would expect guys that they spend time to get there and it's either too much and enjoy it on the way out. Huh, no, they're, they almost have something to prove for their coach, you know, because Barry Trotz went on, retired, went on to the aisle and Todd Reardon came in there. And um, I, I just think that uh, they're too much to handle. I love Carolina's defense score. I don't think they get enough credit across the board. And, and that was the thing that, you know, following them the last few years, having the opportunity to go down there, I, I think they finally made a name for themselves this year. They've got a lot of really good pieces. I worry about Peter Morazic. And, and when I say that, I know everybody, you know, has fond feelings of him. Peter can be really good. Yeah. Peter can but, be really not so good. But you, so I worry about that. A but little. here's the thing, right? Is that I would rather have Peter Morazic in Toronto's net. I, I, because here's the thing. He could Peter Morazic has the ability to steal series and to win, whether you want to call it the Steve Penny, the the guy you don't know of. He could, right? Remember back in the But, but he's a guy, like when you talk about goaltending and guys that can steal, we've seen it here. He's done it in Grand Rapids for the Calder and stuff. That That's a goalie that you could lose 9-1 and then could shut out three times one nothing. You know what? I, I I like Carolina, too. I like how they're playing, but I just don't think they have enough. I, and, and you know what? I give them A for effort uh, because they, they've played hard. Um, they've done a good job for their coach. Um, they make hockey interesting. They shoot the puck. I mean, they get they lead the league, I think, in shots on goal. They get 40 shots a game. To your point, Sean, they their defensemen do a great job of getting the puck to the net. Every time you watch a Justin Falk or whoever's on the blue line. Man, she's slaving. Dougie. Walmart. I mean, they're, yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're loaded on the blue line. They really no, and, and to your point, that's, you know what, they're, I think in every sport, whether you're a fan, you know, obviously of, you know, being a Wings fan or, or a fan of the sport, there's teams in every sport that you sort of admire from afar because of the way they do things, because of the way they operate or the way, you know, that they play the right way. You know, like you said, they just they just they're just don't have enough. Well, I'm going to throw this at you though, guys. Washington has given up 249 goals this year. How many think Carolina's given up this year? 230, yeah. 223. So they're almost 20 goals better. How it's, many have they scored though? Uh, they've scored 245 and 278 for Washington. So that's not much of a difference. So that tells me if I'm using my <laughs> Vegas sport book brain that I acquired back in the 90s. That uh, <laughs> that series is going to be closer or not. I check yeah. the odds and say that if that could be an upset series. But what it tells me is that if you're getting 45 shots on goal a game, chances are you're playing in their end quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, so um, like like I said, I, I think they'll make it exciting, but I just think the experience. That's a good point, there, though. I'm going to be. That's a great uh, Kenny Cal jackass tidbit here on the <laughs> grind time with Darren McCarty. <laughs> Keep but, an eye on that Carolina. They're pesky. I'll say Washington and six. Okay. You know, I, I was doing the same thing, Washington and six, because I think, like you said, Morazic can steal a couple games, and you would know this coming after uh, uh, winning the cup. You think Washington it might take a couple games just to get it back into that that playoff mode 
Or do you think they'll jump into it right you know what, away? That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a really good point because Carolina is a team that from puck drop is going to go at you and play the same way. So if Washington's not ready, that's a, that's a game, first game, that they could lose. You know, whereas I would suspect uh, Tampa is coming out of there on a mission. Like, if Tampa's up 3 nothing after 1 tomorrow night, I'm not surprised. I think that's right. just a whole bunch of what to come. But, Perry, you have a great point. It'll be interesting to see how Washington starts out tomorrow. But, uh, you know, a lot of times, too, it's getting the jitters, the bugs, and, and everything out of the thing. So, Is it harder on the home team, though, in the playoffs, like that game one? Because like, there, you got all that uh, I think without, and- without, um, without history behind you, with with youth and inexperience because i think a lot of time it's the excitement and then you you know lack of a better term blow your wide fucking too early you know and, and like a teenager yeah. like a te- <laughs> yeah out of boy kenny well, I, you know i remember a guy i remember a guy right by ken Cal. taking taking the wind out of the sails of the defending stanley cup champion in game one in a barn Back in the 0-2 conference finals, hey, wasn't there a Red Wing that had a hat trick against the, the Avs that game? Yeah, but that was at home. Yeah, that was at home. You took Colorado. the you took the wind out of. Yeah, we were down three two going into the third. I got a natural hat trick. We won five three. It was uh, two days before Great Griffin's sixth birthday. Thank you. All uh, shelves. Kirk Malpey, number eighteen behind me, greatest that. decoy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> greatest two on one decoy. Some of my best goals are him on a two on one. I love Tom Wilson. I, I, oh, it, dude, it, it, that's yeah. my guy. Right. Yeah. I love. I love. And you know what? I, I, he's one of the nicest guys you could ever. I've meet. never met him. I'd like. I I need to I'll golf with him. Try somewhere. to find him. It's one of the nicest guys. You'd ever meet, and you know what? That's the type of guy you go he's to. Old school, he is, he's, he's, he's old school, bro. He's old school. He's tougher than I ever was, and he's he's turned himself into a hell of a player and is the heartbeat on that team. Now, if he can emotionally stay in check because stuff that he did, he would have got away with in my day. He can't now because it'd be like me out there being out there playing right now and try. That's that's. You know, but he's a better Mac. But in a certain regard, okay, you scored a lot in the OHL. I right. think Washington asked Willie to be something that he wasn't. I, I really, I mean, can he do that? Well, yes, we've seen that. Willie can play. I mean, right? Will, oh yeah, no, no. Really but can, and you know what? That's when they allow to, him to play yeah. because because it's sort of like where how Scotty utilized me between the grind line and then playing with Stevie all the time because. Because you get that ability and it's that confidence. And I see, because Tom Wilson's exactly like I am. You see the love of his teammates for him. And that's his, that's his gas. That's his motivation. He don't care about anything else. He plays as hard for them. And plus, I mean, dude, would you want another dude? Like, he's just an assassin. You know what? It reminds me of when we were talking about the Oilers earlier and uh, they bounced the Red Wings in six games. And I and you know Pronger was on that team, yeah. and I'm saying, you know what, this guy's going to be in the penalty box. He took his first minor penalty, I think, in Game Five. Yeah. So when you say that Wilson has to stay in check, if he keeps the emotions and plays just the way he can play, that's a big bonus. He's an asset, and I think that's what you see, you know, on a lesser scale. But that that's they got it like five of those guys in Tampa, you know, not to his level, sure. but the Paquette, you know, the the Gord. The, Kalorn, the I mean, Kalorn, like they're big guys and they come and they know they play the game right. So speaking about playing the game, right? Islanders, Pittsburgh. Oh. And, and here's my thing. 
And I always say it, dude. I said, I have... Sidney Crosby is one of my favorite just people because as being the face of the NHL, just his maturation and the way that, like, as a player, because now I'm, like, now I get mad watching the abuse he takes more than what he does because he doesn't complain. He just goes out there and plays, and he's just, you know, great role model. You know, one of those things that from, you know, I know when we played him in 08, you know, he, he, he had the Crisby, the Weiner, this, that, whatever else was a bit. Well, that's not no more. And, you know, he sh- actually, they should cut him more slack than they do because he gets abused way too much. But is Pittsburgh too old? Uh, you know what? I'm going with the upset here. I'm, and going, I'll tell you why. I'm going with the Islanders. Yeah, I'm going with the Islanders. And I'll tell you why is because, one, they have a better coach that knows how to shut teams down. He did it in Nashville. We saw it last year with Washington and Barry Trotz. They went from the worst goals against average team last year to the best. Yep. And to me, that that tells me that they're a better team defensively overall. So, you know, Pittsburgh, hey, they got a great pedigree, right? They've won Stanley Cups. They're starting. Here's they're the on thing. the last end. They Here, got the experience. The, listen, here's the I thing, don't know. right? The 10-year... Right, like I mean, they got three cups. It's coming. Is this the last? Because to me, it's sort of like guys are starting. You talk about back earlier. We're talking about how many games have you played? Well, they're caught in the vortex where we were ten years ago with Hank and Pav and Nick and Drapes. You know, guys that played just a ton of hockey. This could be their '08. You know, hurrah! You can never count them out because a. They have a goalie who's done it twice, right? B, you got Crosby and Malkin. Phil the Thrill looks like he's starting to fucking pay attention and Phil Kessel, yeah, <laughs> hit the back of the net. You know, they they have the pedigree, but to your point, I think it's a seven-game series that the Islanders win. I think you give Barry Trotz the Jack Adams next year as well for the job that he did because you, you look at that roster, and, and I don't know how much you guys have seen him play. They're fascinating to watch because it's exactly what you're saying, Ken. They just limit you. The, the guy is the ultimate tactician. I, you know, you could make the argument, Mike Babcock, tip of the cap, that he's the best, he's the best coach in the National Hockey League. Oh, no, Barry Trotz. I, 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 I'm not going against him. I, I don't think they're going to go much farther than that. But are they capable of winning a series? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're the scary, scary team to play out there right now because, like you said, they they if you watch them, they just go, 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 and they do it the right way. And the, and defense wins championships. How many times yeah. you heard that? So the other thing too is um, in the first round they're playing at the old Nassau uh, Coliseum. Oh. I'm telling you, Mac and Sean, we were there in December. And we played a game there. It was like a playoff game. That That's atmosphere awesome. there is That's unbelievable. Like, the Joe like they split going into New York. It's going to be a tough two games for Pittsburgh. I'm telling you, it's going to be a hornet's nest there. So I'm going for the upset. If you want to call it an upset, I like the Islanders, and I think it's going to take six or seven games. I'd say the Islanders in seven. Islanders in six. Whoa. Wow. Okay. I got Pitt in seven. Okay, all right. There you go. What do you like, Mac? I like, no, I got uh, Islanders in seven. Mm-hmm. I just think that, like you say, and I actually, no, I'm going to change that. I'm going, in, <laughs> I'm going Islanders in six. Oh, Islanders wow. in six. Yeah, okay. just Can because. Can in the Nassau, that place? Because was, I don't think, I don't know if coming home, because here's the thing you got to see who's got home ice, right? Because that seventh game can play two certain teams, right, where it's more imperative 
right? Maybe not so much the Islanders. They don't care where they play, but Pittsburgh to have a seventh game at home would be. You know what? You ask Ozzy one time. Ask him about what it was like playing in that old college. You played there, I know, oh, but but it's it it's wild. I mean, these guys. We were there for just a regular season game, and I'm going like I'm telling Woody. I'm going like man. Could it's you like so saying that? Could you imagine being there for that Tavares game? Oh yeah. Then we we're going. What is it like when they were hating him? Oh, that was unbelievable. All right, let's move over to the West. Number one seeded Calgary. Uh, the second wild card is uh, Colorado. Yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you got no, no. I mean, it's like it's one of those things, like, like Calgary and Mark Giordano. Um, what a great kid. Mm-hmm. He was there when I was there, uh, rookie year. Great kid, great player. Again, there's your argument. It's goaltending to me. Colorado has arguably the best line in the game. Oh, right. I mean, really, oh. I mean that, that line is just... The only it's, it's, the guy that can blow off his skates or that first few steps, like Anthony C. is McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, he gets that puck, and they just separate themselves. But... Really, that's Landis all they got. Gog, and that's, you know what? And their, their reinforcements are on the way, and obviously they're going to get Ottawa's puck. So the best is the best is yet to come for them. I, I don't like their chances no. at all in this series. Uh, it, it'll be an interesting series. And um, you know what? The last time Calgary won 50 games, they won the Cup back in 89. And this is only the second time in their franchise history they won 50 games. So I don't know if that'll tell you anything, but... I kind of like them in the series. I I think if they can shut down that top line, I I don't think it'll be a problem the rest of the way. The key is, is can they shut that top line down? And does Calgary have the goalkeeping that's going to take to win in a series? So those are question marks, but I like Calgary in six games. Five. I got Calgary in uh, six. I got Calgary in six, too. Yeah. Well, Billy Peters, first year coach in there, and look what, he's, look what he's done with he's them. Great yeah. coach, great guy. Is, yeah. I think you guys all know that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And, and that just goes culture, right? You know, you got the, 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 this is the one thing, and then we could talk about the game, how it's changed, and whatever. Not every team we're talking about here, you know, these guys, they play hard. You know, there's not a team that doesn't play. Some of them are, you know, obviously better than others, but there's, you know, reason, I guess, they're in the playoffs. The other thing about Calgary, too, is uh, I think they've scored over 120 or 133rd period goals this year. I mean, they've scored on the season, they've scored uh, 289 goals. 130-some of those have been in the third period. So you can never count them out. No, and and that those not, you know... When we're breaking it down, uh, you know, sabermetrics or whatever, like the numbers and stuff, the numbers don't lie. And, you know, it can lean, it can lean, okay, so to me that would say, all right, if that game's tied or they're down 10 minutes left in the third, don't turn that game because Calgary more times than not will probably score. Right. It's funny how long you guys have been around the game. But the numbers, you know, guys, Brendan Shanahan told me this. First thing, he said, your shooting percentage, it may change year to year to vary, but your overall will never change. So what does that tell you, right? Tells you the object is, is just to get as many shots on that as you can because your average, so one year you might have 10%, you get 400 shots, right? There's 40 goals. And the next year it's 12% and there's 48 goals, yeah. right? Like, and you're not doing anything different and and it makes sense why Shani shot from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's numbers don't lie, and this is be interesting to say. Um, 
All right, San Jose, Vegas, which to me is the most interesting at Boston, Toronto on that on the eastern side. San Jose, Vegas. Is Carlson healthy? He's got that groin injury. I've only tore mine three times, and I'll tell you, the biggest thing, and, and they hit on it last night, is you can feel great. You can feel great. You can feel great. You're going on, on, tweak, done. Yeah. So, I what mean, about, you're what, dealing with groins. That's tough. Obviously, San Jose. Is Pavelski back? Is he back? Because he was hurt. He was. He's hurt. I think he's. I think he will be back, but I'm not sure. But but again, the question is: Is he going to be 100? Yeah, percent right. It's what was what was DeBoer's line the other day? He had a funny line. He said, "The time is nigh." In in, in regards to Carlson coming back, that's how important he is to that team. Oh well, it's, oh, it's, it's you know that's that that's the period one. end of story. Well, you know, and and for them, and that's one of the things in the future is that you know the Wings will be really close when they're able to make that off season free free agent acquisition like that or a move like that where you have that because you know he's top three in the league whatever like that but again to me that experience you know i'm going to vegas and i'm going in net and dude this flurry mark andre flurry reminds me of ozzy so much just as like i would never he just like can when it's down to it you know, he's a guy that has shown that he can get it done. So I like that Vegas team. I like what Gerard does. I think they gained a lot of experience from last year. And this one's going seven. I, I am so happy. Vegas is seven. I am I so happy for Gerard Gallant because people almost thought of it as almost a circus act that they did what they did last year. And do you remember people going, this is bad for the league? No, it's not. It's great for the league. I, I, I couldn't Have you been to a game thought. in Vegas? I have not been there oh, yet. I heard it's... Well, yeah, you worked there. But, but you get paid. Hey, <laughs> hey, nice gig you got. You get paid to go to Vegas. Dar- yeah. uh, Darren, what I remember of the game, I think I've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, I heard the game day experience is unbelievable. But, yeah, how is, how is that, like, the the rink to broadcast there or the experience, everything they talk about around it? Yeah, Erin Aaron Sequoia used to work at the uh, Red Wings, and now she's the game day person there, and she's done a whale of a job with her team, and... And they've done a really good job, and it's it's great. Like the base gets moving, like you can feel it in the, in your body, you know. And uh, you know they do the um, you know the the, the sword thing at That's center ice, cool and life. and the and the you know the thing about it is that everyone's in their seats before that pregame starts. It's not like they're milling around. It's like they can't wait to get in their That's seats awesome. to watch show. the show. So they've got the so game. they've got it the way that it should be exactly. as far as you're going. Like we we go to any show in Vegas. I'm going to be in my seat before I see the magician or something right. like that. So that's all, you know. And the atmosphere is great. They cheer everything, and um, it's a it's a really good building, fun building to be around. Yeah, a lot of Red Wing fans. A lot of Wings fans. Yeah, like a lot of Red and Everywhere, White. Yep. Yeah. No, that that and that's always cool. But too. but I will say this: that the Vegas fans are really true blue. Like they're they're for their team. Yeah. I I never would have expected an expansion team to be that loyal right away. Although. Going to the Stanley Cup final means a lot, right? Yeah. Last year. Well, you get a you get a really crash course lesson on the excitement and what hockey. I mean, it's actually the perfect storm, you know, so to speak, to happen because it's Vegas, because of the tour, because you're not going to get where else are you going to get a broader expanse of people who don't know the game, right? Right then there where they can gamble and then they go, oh wow, because we all know this that. You see a hockey game live, and then you're you're done. You're hooked. That's you're hooked. Yeah. 
I think there are a lot of teams in the league right now that would like to leave the league for a year and come back come in back. and get yeah. the kind of package that Vegas did too. Because and and give George McPhee credit. You have to make those moves. You have to put that team together because we've said it a hundred times. Look at Edmonton. I mean, just year after year after year of, of, of having great picks and not making them count. George McPhee made it count. They got the right coach in there. I'm taking Vegas in seven. All right. You know, I see a little bit of a different uh, scenario here. I looked at some of these teams, and believe it or not, the Vegas Golden Knights weren't one of the top teams in the second half of the season. And when we saw them, Paul Woods made this point. He goes, they're too loose. And he says the difference from a year ago to now is that um, they turn the puck over, they make mistakes that they didn't make last year, and uh, they're not the same type of team. Now, with that said, I think Gallant's a good coach, and I think he'll have them ready and battle-tested, and and they've got something to prove from last year, right? So Mm -hmm. this is a difficult series to handicap because when I look at the Sharks, I like them all around. The problem is, is... What team has two goaltenders below 90% that's going to take you far? Like, to me, goalkeeping is what it's all about. And I have a hard time looking at San Jose saying, you know, I like Jones and Dell, but, man, they're below 90%. So they're not going to outscore. I mean, the only way to win is if you outscore them, I guess. And, And in playoffs, as you guys know, things get shut down. So... You know, who's the better defensive team all around or who's got a better t- – Vegas, it's a great environment there. So as much as I, I kind of like San Jose because I don't think Vegas is playing the way they, they could play, I got to go with Vegas. And I got to go in seven games. Oh, I agree with Ken. Vegas in seven. And I think the difference for me it's going to come down to is the goaltending. And like you said, Mark andre Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's experienced. That's uh, I think that's what, what it comes up. I got I got him in I got Vegas in seven. We're all going seven. Wow. Yeah. No, I I think, but that's you're right. You're you're right though because if that plays out, because it, that that is it's it's a great series, but it's got the most question marks as far as moving forward. And um, Ken Kyle was referring to his his longtime um, color man, Paul Woods. The best in the business. <laughs> you know what? The, the thing about Vegas or uh, San Jose too is that um, uh, you know I, I I think they can roll four lines. I think they're pretty strong. You know, I and and I like Joe Thornton. Well, he, well, he was hurt last year, wasn't mm-hmm. he in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. But he's healthy now mm-hmm. going in. He's got something to prove too. So I've always liked Joe. Oh yeah. You I've know, and Pavelski's Joe. a big question mark. I mean, if if he's healthy and if Carlson's healthy. But I don't know which way to go because I don't know how healthy they are. Right, exactly. So that, I like Vegas. That would flip me, Ken. Yeah. If they were all healthy, I think I would take San Jose. Even even if the goalkeeping was below 90%. Yeah, that's where it goes to Martin Jones. I think having that experience of getting there, that it comes playoff time to elevate it a little bit. But I think that – I don't. I think Carlson might re-aggravate his injury yeah. or they're not 100%. So, um, Nashville – Dallas. I like Nashville a lot. A, a lot. Period. End of story. I, <laughs> I, I, wish there was, uh, I wish I could spruce it up for you. Uh, I like Nashville a lot in that series. I mean, like, uh, like you like him like, like a, lot, a lot, five like, or su- like, like, sweep uh, like a, a lot. lot, like four like, a lot, like, I, like sweep a lot. I could wow. see it. Yeah, I, honestly, wow. you know, give Dallas credit. They they found a way to fight their way in. I mean, we'll get to the Blues in a second. That was something else. Cool. But Dallas found a way to to fight their way in, and you know, Tyler led the way. There just there isn't a lot there. No, nah. there there just, just isn't a lot there. Well, let me let me throw these numbers at you. Ben Bishop nine thirty four save percentage. That's outstanding. Hudobin. 923. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
those are some great save percentages. Now, do they have the offense? I don't know, you know, but defensively, if you're looking at goalkeeping and I look at an upset right there. Oh, Nashville, Nashville has been there. You know, they've, they've gone to the final. They didn't win. You know, they're knocking on the door. But to me, goaltending is what it's all about. I'm going to take an upset here. I'm going to go Dallas over Nashville. Ooh. And I'm going to say it's going to be in seven games. Wow. Ken Cal. That's is he, he stepping up? We got Shawnee going. Did, just did because you of drop the sweep or did I, you, you go five? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go five. I, well, but, I guess if he's going seven. No, no. no you know, know what? Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, it, it's it's a really good point, and a, a lot of it does come down to Pekka because, I mean, I, we've seen. I pick a Pekka. Hey, we've I'll see, pick, we've I'll seen pick him go like this a little bit too, right? <laughs> I know. We've I'll seen p- him do that a little bit. Who's uh, the yeah, monster? Pick a Pekka. Pekarines. Pucker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I agree, Kenny. I think like it's one of these series that shot. You, you, either one of you are going to be right. I don't think <laughs> it's either going to be Nashville in five or Dallas in seven, and I'm going to go Dallas in seven. Wow! I wow. think he, that he, 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 I think that because of what it. happened earlier in the year and whatever else. I don't know. I'm just trying. If to they no, if they Nashville. win that series, <laughs> if they win that series, they're going to win games two to one. They are. I mean, oh, yes. Dal- yeah. Dallas is going to win games two to one. Here's yeah. the thing: that's an overtime. That is a game that has overtime written all over it, all over it. Now, in my heart, who's the better team? Obviously, I say Nashville. Nashville's a better team. But when I look at goalkeeping, not for four rounds, but in the first round, yeah. I kind of think that Dallas is a little bit stronger. And um, I'm just going with the upset. There's always an upset. You just got to pick the right one. All, all right. I know is I want his stat sheet. <laughs> he came, Ken came prepared. He's yep. ready. Well, to... d- dude, do you know he knows where to pick him up at? He's oh, a smart absolutely. guy. Yes, he collects so many news coming. I like that. Um, what'd you have, Perry? Nashville in six. Okay. All right. I'll let you lead off, Sean, because this is going to be a love war. It. Love it. You know, Winnipeg and St. Louis. You know, not that long ago, the Blues were thinking about selling, and the Blues were thinking about, you know, making a lot of different moves, and there were a lot of rumors in, in, involving the Blues. Uh, I, I think, I forget the exact date. I want to say from January 2nd on, nobody had more points in the Blues. I think it was 65 points. I mean, they, they loaded it up uh, down the stretch. Um, Winnipeg is interesting because I think a lot of people thought that Winnipeg was was going to take that proverbial next step this year. And they legitimately could take that proverbial next step this year. Uh, but if it happens, it, it's going to have to happen during the playoff. They kind of meandered their way through the season. I like the way, as we're watching the draft uh, lottery right now, I like the way that it, their general manager, Kevin Dayoff built this team. And what he did, he's, he said... We're going to suck for a few years. But you know what? Every junior rink you went to, I saw that guy everywhere. I, I saw him when I was doing the Whalers with NTDP. He just he did his due diligence. They have an embarrassment of riches. I think they're too talented. I think they beat the Blues. That's another great series. I'm going Winnipeg in seven. Wow. I, got, I, I, uh, I love that Winnipeg team. I think it's a tough, tough place to play. I played there in junior yep. with, with the Griffin. Or in junior in the uh, minors in the playoffs um, with the Griffins, I think the whiteout. There's nothing like it, and it was pretty cool even back in the day when we went to Winnipeg and went to Phoenix too, right? And then went to Phoenix, yeah. and then they have the whiteouts. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, how many? What did what was uh, Patrick Liney's uh, final stats line for the year? He had over thirty goals. Darren. He did. He, See, he, he, he had a roller coaster season. Yeah, he's he's streaky too, but he's one of those guys that he starts catches a little fire, like gets a goal early or whatever. I Is mean, he a he's a player? guy that can go. Franz in Colorado on you, and that's what I mean, like nine goals in four games. Is he a money player, you think? You think he's a money player? I think that, yeah. I th- I think that he likes money. Like, Ovi, Ovi to me is, is now whatever, but I think Liney likes that spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Like, come mm-hmm. and be in the finish, and I think that he's sort of coming into his own, and I think that with... Uh, okay, we're safe to six. We're safe to six? Yep. All right, we're safe to six right here, live. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, back. that's okay. So I think- I, uh, I like them. I'm going Winnipeg in six games. Okay, here's what, six. We'll get to my pick, but we'll, let's cover the draft a little yeah, bit. Okay, here, okay. So yeah, okay. Six, Buffalo, seven. There ah, is. okay. Son of a bitch. The wings slide two positions. Uh, we fell two positions to six. So it's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, I agree with that. So the number five shit. overall selection in the 2019 NHL draft belongs to the Los Angeles Kings. Wow. Lucky Luke Robitaille. Look at Chicago and the Rangers jump up. Wow. Down to number five. And Bill, I think we know what that means for the number four spot. Is that Chicago? Rangers. Oh, Rangers. The number four overall selection in the 2019 NHL draft belongs to the Colorado Oh, 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 oh. Boy, how do you think wow. Ottawa feels now? Here you're Wait, hold on a sec. <laughs> Is that, did you have some tears in this room? To the number four spot. Yeah. No, no, because Colorado got fourth. Yeah, how do you think Ottawa feels now? the Chicago Blackhawks. Better. You know what? It's the first pick. You know what, guys? I'm not a big fan of how this works. Like, really, I think that it should be only the top four or five teams that should be able to select. I, I mean, to have a team from behind, like, like last year. How did Chicago get all the way up there? See, or was that in right. a trade? No, you're right. No, that's that's in no, the draft. They were, yeah, they were sitting at 12, right? They, they jumped up. They jumped. They, they're, they were sitting at 12. balls, yep. Could they get one, or they can only move out to three? So, I, I think they would have probably put them in there already if they can only go to three. Friggin' rig, man. <laughs> that's why. Rig, yeah, but you watch. You watch. Mark you my right words now. here on this Tuesday, right? Watch who falls. Watch who we get. We'll be happy. Yeah. We'll there's happy. no doubt in my mind. They're positive. There's, there's, All right. Well, we don't the, the, We don't really care who gets the first I, pick. We got six. You know, I know we talked about it earlier, but it bears repeating. They're, this is a good top ten. They're going to get a good player. This is a very good top six. You know, I'll just tell you again, just from the NTDP, there are probably three guys that could go in the top ten that, that are being slated for the top ten. This is going to be historic for them in the first round in particular, but – this is this is a good this is a good top. They're you talk going to about, get a good player. You talk about bad luck too. This is the third year in a row the Remings have dropped back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's I mean, really. Dude. Who well, are we you not? You know paying? what? We don't do things the easy way around here. They're going to make it tough on us. Yeah. But 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 we did. But the way it worked out last year is that what dropped is what we needed in right. Zadina. And you see that? Yeah, it's just like you're saying. A lot of this isn't quick fix. Like these these aren't football players. These aren't jumping. Out of the draft, let's get them some time. Let's put them in a position to succeed, right? So whoever you get, you want might want somebody that 
compercular. I to me, I always believe that what is supposed to be will be. It'll work out the way it's supposed to be. And hopefully I'm right in this case. They might have to go to university for a year or two. They they might they might have to stay in junior for a year. But you know what? I think the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is bring up that kid that isn't ready. Because no. I'm I'm not gonna name a player. We'll do it off the air. How's that? There's a kid that I saw in the OHL that was unbelievable. That that there was somebody within the Red Wings organization that was can you believe this kid? And in Who is my it? opinion, Who is it? He played defense for the Kitchener Rangers, uh, but in, in my in in my opinion, I think that kid got to the National Hockey League and his confidence was shot. Just ab- he was never that same guy, and you saw it. And, and, and it's like and it was interesting because I talked to that same person about that same player about five years later, and they were like, uh, he he just he got in over his head and he lost it. I mean, it, it just. Things fell apart too soon. But but here's the thing, Kenny, and this is what I asked you on that point. I would think back in my day or even 10 years ago, maybe so, more so, but I think it would be easier because of the talent level because the talent is – the maturity is not up to par. The talent is up to par. In today's day and age where it would be easier to be super talented and less mature, right, to succeed than it would be because if you're the, – the biggest thing – for us or coming out wasn't like where guys, if they were strong enough and stuff like that was how to be a pro, you know, there's a whole level to being 18, 19, 20 years old and playing junior and having different responsibility to your point. I think it all goes down to the individual, but you're right. But I'm, I'm wondering cause more so nowadays I broke in at 21. That's like breaking it at 18, 19 now, right? So, I mean, but guys are younger and younger because they're more talented. They're more developed. Well, how many times in, in, in Coach Blaschel, I, I actually talked to him last week, and he talked about this. It, there's such a big difference between a forward coming into the league and a defenseman coming Absolutely. into the league. There's such, you, can't, you can't put a price tag on that. It's very rare that you get, like, like Cam Fowler. Right. Like that blew everybody's mind because he was good in junior, but the way that he seamlessly jumped in, Drew Doughty's another one. Like right. Drew Doughty, when you saw him playing for Guelph, you're like, kid, you don't belong in this league. Like it just goes someplace. Just jumped in seamlessly. And those are few and far between. Right. So, you know, you see some of the forwards get the opportunity earlier. Defenseman, it takes a little longer. It, it just does. And if a kid's confidence gets shot, he may never get it back, and and that's 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 sad to see, in my opinion. That's I think that dude, one of the things is that, especially with Kenny Holland at the helm, it's that you know you get the got the term percolate, but that they're not afraid to let guys develop a little bit. Now, I think it's trying to find the right combination of too long and too short or whatever like that. But you know, there's a there's definitely a plan in place. You know, this is no different than uh, back in 83 when Stevie first came here. And, and this is what I tell the fans in Detroit. I, I, you know, embrace these guys right now because we didn't know anything about you or McCarty or McCarty, or Iserman. Shan, or we knew about Shan a little bit, but Fedorov, Lidstrom, the guys that we drafted, nobody really knew about them. But they grew up before your eyes and you saw them play and you saw them compete and you saw what they could do. That's what we're seeing now, in my opinion, with, with Bertuzzi and Mantha and Larkin and everybody else. Down the road, you just keep adding. We got some good talent in the minors. With hopefully, you know, Zadina comes up. Chalowski's better next year. Uh, 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 the center that's playing in the Quebec League, uh, Valeno. Joe Valeno. Valeno. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got some good players coming up, and they're going to be your core down the road. And, and the biggest thing, Ken, is was 
watching back when Konstantinov, Lindstrom, Sergei, when everybody came in, you know, people drew their, their, they had their perceptions of him early on, right away, like, oh, look at it, you know, he's this or that. You know, and then it was, you'd take a season and then you go, oh, wow, you know, look at look at their development. This this looks like a pretty good hockey player. Absolutely. And you know what, as good as Stevie was with points and everything, you know, it took him a while too. It takes everybody a while. You know, he, he was great off the bat, point-wise, you know, but I think down the road he learned to play on both sides of the puck, right? Well, he, you know, there's a difference when you have to learn is what you have to learn to win. I think it's one of the things that, you know, as talented as he is, Connor McDavid's got to have to learn exactly. that. He's going to have to sacrifice some points, you know, to be responsible. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Now, it's not entirely him, but... There's something in the water up there. I, I, I'm not. I'm not even trying uh, to be funny. Dude, the there's way, something. There's something in the water up there. Right, I, we're talking about Edmonton. Because it is so. They, I've watched guys. Now the kid that they got out of Sarnia, in my opinion, and I talked Yakupov. to somebody that you know. I, I think they got the wrong kid out of Sarnia. In, in my opinion, I, I thought Galchenyuk was the better player. Now Galchenyuk hasn't turned into a stud yet, but Galchenyuk or Yakupov. I mean, they, yeah, it's. You, but you, there's there's something t- to have that much talent. Remember a couple of years ago. That was a fun team to watch, and they won a playoff series. And you're like, okay, here we go again. And they just fell flat on their face. There's just there's something to miss up there. There's something to miss up there. It, it's it, it's wild to have two couple hundred point players and not make the playoffs. But, but look at the guys they got rid of. I mean, you know, Taylor Hall and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, speaking of Taylor, speaking of Taylor Hall, they traded him to New Jersey. The New Jersey Devils will right. have the first pick in the 2019. Where, where, and then who came second and third? Rangers. 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 Rangers, 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 Rangers and Hawks. Third. So wow. teams moved up. Teams moved up. Chicago the moved, moved up down. nine spots. So the New York market, the New hey, York market, Scotty and the Chicago any, market. And if Scotty Bowman effect on the Chicago <laughs> bingo ball, still <laughs> to this day, 2019, <laughs> he, got, he got in there some way and then manipulated that ball. No, and, no, wow. no, no. You know what it was? Mac, he had the uh, he had the envelope there, the card in the freezer. It was a cold, the cold <laughs> envelope. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. All right, let's finish these pools off. Um, uh, just real quick, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, Winnipeg, St. Louis. Before we got yeah, uh, sidetracked there, um, geez, the Blues have been playing really good hockey. Um, I, I give the advantage though to Winnipeg. I think it's great home ice advantage right there for Winnipeg. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the Jets in six games. Awesome. That's uh, Mac. Actually, that's what I have. The same thing. And there's a uh, we got a Facebook guy, Darren Reynolds goes Jets in six. Morrissey back. City goes nuts again with white out, regardless of how well the Blues have been. Well, that's with. I went to high school with Dink. That's Dink Reynolds. Did you? Yeah, yeah and they... uh, and he knows his hockey. I mean, he watches a lot of it. You do, Dink. I know you still do, bro. Okay, um, but he's uh, he's right. I got him in six too. He must have looked at my sheet like. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nothing changes. He did that in history class in eleventh grade. He was, he was, too. He, seriously, he was looking off of your your yeah in history class off of this right now. Probably who knows from Belleville. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, second round. They to, they, well, they have to recede, right? Oh, they do. That's, That's right. right. So we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait on that. We'll have to wait, and we'll do recede. an update. That's right. So to recap, I have uh, Calgary. Over the Avalanche in six, Vegas over San Jose in seven, Dallas over Nashville in seven, Winnipeg over St. Louis in six, uh, Lightning in five over Columbus, Boston with a seven game 
breaking the hearts of the Maple Leafs. Eh. And seven. Uh, five for the Capitals. Yeah. Why did I stop there? Because that one doesn't feel right. Six for the, the Islanders. So I think we're pretty much on board. Sean, what do you got? I have uh, Lightning in five. I have the Leafs pulling the upset in seven. I have the Caps in six. I have the Islanders knocking off the Pens. I have Winnipeg over the Blues in seven. I have the Preds over Dallas in three. I have uh, San Jose over... Sorry, Ken. I have uh, Vegas over uh, San Jose in seven, and I have uh, Calgary over uh, Colorado in five. You know, the only thing I'm looking at mine, I, I have one, maybe two upsets here, but usually there's a couple of upsets, right? I mean, usually in the first... Well, round. I mean... The, yes, it depends which year. There's also overtimes, and last year like really screwed me. So it could be all, it could be none. This sort of feels though, like the final, like the March Madness sort of first few rounds where it, there's you know maybe maybe one game or one team will go. But I think it's a pretty much you know the close. I think we nailed it as far as the way. If it if there's more upsets than. You know, biggest upset on here, what, is Dallas? Maybe, yeah. Dallas over, would you say Dallas? New Nashville. Jersey? Nashville. Who yeah, do you got, be, Kenny? I got, uh, well, I got Calgary in six, Vegas in seven. Um, that's a, that'll be a tough series. But I like Dallas in seven with the upset, kind of. Winnipeg in six. Or on the other side, I, I got uh, Tampa Bay in six. I'm, I'm giving Columbus. I mean, that could be four. I mean, I, I don't that, know. That's the one that could be. that that They could just go dink, dink, dink. Yeah, and I, I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, they, they might win two home games. I don't know. Probably not, but uh, I'll, I'll give them a little credit there. Um, I could see it sweeping, though. Boston, tough series. It could go either way. I'm saying Bruins keep it going. Leaf fans aren't going to be happy, but seven. Uh, Washington and six over Carolina again. That could be a four or five gamer, but um, giving them a little credit because I don't know, they're not bad offensively, I guess. And I like the Islanders uh, over the Penguins in seven. Do we all take the Islanders, by the way? Did we? Did I everyone? Did. No, I took. Pitt. Oh, you took. Pittsburgh? I did take. What do you got, just, Terry, What do you got? Because if I don't get it on air, you're gonna take that home and you're gonna change all your answers. <laughs> <laughs> I got Calgary in five, Vegas in seven, Nashville in six, Winnipeg in six, Tampa in five. Bruins in seven, Caps in six, and Pitt in seven. Oh. And you know what I noticed? Listen to all of ours. Nobody had a sweep. That's crazy in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. I had three. Yeah, yeah, I had the three. Well, you had a three. Three-game sweep. But, nope. but um, you know, I mean, think about it. Back in years past, you'd see at least probably a couple sweeps. You know, Perry, there's more parity now. That's Absolutely. the only reason. Yeah, that's, I mean, Absolutely. Batman hockey. Down, hey, what do you expect when down to the last game you got four teams that – you know, are in the play. I mean, like, seed, you don't know seedings. You don't know whatever. You can't prepare. You know how. So here's the thing. You know, the worst, these poor assistant coaches coming down to the wire. I mean, if you're, uh, no matter who you are, you got to prepare. So Scouting you've been spending, you know. Yeah, four different teams. Four maybe. different teams that you got to prepare for yep. two nights. And the thoroughness on your playoff package is like, I don't know. I never did an SAT, but I've heard studying for them sucks. So, I mean, it's like thick, right? Like, I mean, you get every detail down to... So, the way that it would be is that all the scouts come in and everything. You have this big meeting. They hand out these books that are top secret that you got to give back. Scotty made you give it back because he 
figures somebody might slip it out. But it pretty much <laughs> pretty much breaks it down to like for us is that okay, here's who you have to play better than. Here's your guy. Here's who you're gonna So for me it would always be like a left D man or somebody like that where I have to own this guy every time because I'll probably be playing against him and it would break down his tendencies and different things like that. Then you go that into paddle kill, you know, for every different thing. It would literally take, you know, the time that they would spend on video and just something like this, it was like days and to be able to have to do it. Not now, granted now with the video, it's a lot easier, but, and more cameras, I suppose there's more record of it, but now is the time where preparation, this is where you see the organizations that do it. Let me ask you this, Darren, uh, and for our listeners out there, because they're not around, they're not inside the locker room, this takes them inside. Did Scotty change his coaching at all during the course of a, a, you know, like in his pregame talks? Or let's say, was it different when you guys were up in a series or was it different when he was down or was he the same when he talked to you guys? He never talked to us. You know, that, that's the best part. No, no, I mean, that he would come in for a couple minute meeting to tell you who started or whatever like that. You go in and do office meeting. Like, Babs was totally different now scotty would be more um change the hotel change the change like leave can cal somewhere because you know (laughs) he wasn't on the bus on time or you know like he would change the schematics around it see scotty would want to keep the similarity but he's like an illusionist because he want you to change the focus so even though things would be the same that they would be different more psychological. I would say, Scotty, it wasn't more the coach. It was more the psychologist, right? To put you in what frame you did. Usually when we're going good, need, nothing needed to be said. Although the one time that he did address the team was before the game, game 7 2 against Colorado when he knew he was going to retire after the game. And he pretty much, like, Set of friends, he said, hey, guys, you know, I didn't, you know, one of the things I regret, I didn't really tell you. So no matter how this ends up, I want to know I'm all proud of you and I, I, you played for me and, and this and just wanted to know that, you know, like it was like. Did you guys respond that game? We won 7 nothing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, softball. And you sure know, it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you dude, I'll it. tell you the weirdest part, though. We're up 4 nothing after one. Everybody says, oh, before the third period, like uh, the cops or whatever. The-. No, the scariest moment of the Detroit Red Wings in the history is after the first period up four, nothing It's Colorado in game seven, looking around going, if anybody moves and jinx this thing, <laughs> I mean, nobody wanted to do nothing. So I always say the most important goal was, was Frederick Olison's to make it five, nothing like two oh, minutes into the second. Respond. It was just one of those. Th- well, you know, like when you, you know, certain, and there's been certain times where you just know it doesn't matter what you do. It's going to go well. Um, I mean, I didn't have that feeling for that goal I scored, but I did on this game when I saw Nick shoot a puck into the corner and Homer tip it from the middle of the top of the slot to go into the net, like on something that would had no business going in. We've seen games enough where it was like, wow, this might be our time, but that's where Scotty was. Scotty was a psychologist, wanted to throw you off. And it's awesome. What a great story. You, you know what I remember, too, about Scotty is, um, you know, if you guys were down in a series, let's say two games to one or something like that, um, 
he would take the pressure off you guys yeah. by coming up with something strange and screwy that he would he would talk to the media about so we wouldn't be talking to you about what was going on. How many just times did this happen, day. Ken? Yeah. Ken, how many times did you, would you do this? Hey, Scotty, what about that call the uh, line's been made on the offside in the second period? Turn to Ken and go, yeah. I don't know if the AC's working in the far end or not, but there's a puddle down. If they don't clean that water up outside the crease, guys are slipping on it every time. I'm glad you brought it up. Hey, can we get that guy? And, and then, because you know how media guys are, right? Usually, like, there'll be one or two ask a question, then they see him answer, and then four swarm in. They don't know what the question is. So whatever he's going off on, he's sitting there going... I didn't ask you that question. Like to his head, everybody else is just, and he goes off, and then somebody asks him a question about the ice and about whatever he wanted to talk exactly. to, and it's like the Pied Piper, and he take, and it was never about us. It was never. It, it, it was always to pull whatever because he knew exactly where they want to go, and and would never let the media go that way. And he was the hardest on. Our guys. <laughs> That's right. He was, dude. He, could he, you imagine? You, we're, to, we're all talking about the parody, but but could you imagine if we had, in today's league, with the parody that we have, could you imagine if we had a best of five still? Like, oh it's been God. since 19. Do you know how many upsets we'd seen a best yeah, of five? Yeah, quite a yeah. few. Because the teams, you know, we've seen it a hundred yeah, times. No. Teams find themselves, you guys, I mean, a slew of games. You you're now tuned out before you sniff. Yeah, what? what? Well, you know what? <laughs> it, 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 when you're talking a best of five, that, that's game, set, match. You know, I mean, that's, I, I, we're old enough to remember the best of five. You know, there's a generation, my son, for example. Perry's old enough to remember best of three. No, no <laughs> idea what a best of five is. So he, he was like, Dad, what was that like? And I said, there was something cool about it. There was something. Now, I don't want to go back because more hockey's good. We win with more hockey. But just when you were talking about the parity, Mac, and, and teams getting to prepare, well, a lot of times these teams that are racing the playoffs, the Edmonton Oilers had a pretty good idea they were going to play the Detroit Red Wings. Whereas the Detroit Red Wings were going, well, we might play them, we might play them, we might play them. Advantage? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like same thing. Maybe, maybe that's what you're seeing with Columbus off the off the get go. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's going to be exciting. Um, I think for this uh, first round, obviously, gentlemen, uh, I want to thank you. We're going to keep this uh, update as as these rounds go on, and uh, we'll we'll figure out a way to to make sure these picks keep going. Um, talk about this, but I want to thank you uh, not only for the, it. It keeps. The more I do this, keeps letting me know that guys, see, athletes and media people can be friends. Because <laughs> I look around and I mean, like, man, maybe something's wrong with me because but nobody I, I got, hated you, Mac. Come no, on. no, I was going to say maybe certain athletes and certain reporters. No, no, I, I, dude, I was a dream. I always had you a were exactly. You I always talked to, talk. to the media, exactly. but I always loved it though. But I always, and that's the thing is that my relationship and and here's a, now retired you know 10 years with all the history that we have what people realize is that you know everybody's the human being everybody has and here's the one thing ken cal is the voice of the red wings but ken cal is also too does that job but it's been a lifelong red wing fan sure and 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 it's he's living his dream out as much as i have and i and i think you do an excellent job in, in doing that, and I want to say thanks, not only for the years of taking the abuse from me walking on and off the bus, but uh, just, you know, uh, you know, Ken Cal, hey, 
Hell of a bowler, softball <laughs> player, golfer. This guy can do anything. Back in the one day. summer. He can play D, too. Well, one summer, he went like 17 for 17 in softball. It was sick. Lucky. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a good team, though. We had a really good softball team. We did. And, uh, yeah, Perry was, uh, you know, the one year we had the lockout, and I, was, I had the you know, privilege of playing with the alumni, and uh, you and Matt Pavlich were doing the lines, and yep. it was fun. And, Sean, I remember you going out to the state fairgrounds, yep. and you were there watching yep. a few games. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And, and that's, what, that's what it's all about. I mean, we can – the fun part now is that we can all sit around and reminisce about uh, some great times we had. I love it awesome. because, because awesome. we were all greater – you know, back then. So what do you got, Kenny? What do you got coming up? Are you got something going on? To, do you, what do you got going on now that since you don't have to prepare for a playoff run? Uh, a little time off and, uh, you know. I'm gonna Travel? Go, I'm going to go uh, to, to the East Coast. My wife's uh, uh, folks are from there. And uh, so we're going to spend some time. Lobster and chata? No, out in Baltimore. Crab. Oh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. Maryland, yeah. yeah. And then, yep. uh, you know, um, that's about it. And just get ready. Um, what What is a summer for a... Let people know, like so. At, like they, I'm a hockey player. I'd be off right now. I'd probably take some time off, make sure I'm golf, and then start working out. What is a? What do you do to get prepared for the next? Well, you know what? It's I, I'm a little more busier than some of the other guys, just because I have more responsibility in the summer. I'm not always there in the office for you know 40 hours a week, but, right? But uh, there are things that you know, like golf outings, charity golf, fun stuff. Um, we have our kids camp coming up in July that cool. I'm a big part of. We have our adult fantasy camp for the, the hockey players coming in. And that's always fun uh, to, to be able to call that game and hang out with them during the week. And I, that's where I see you in the summertime because yep. you play. Yep. And then, um, you know, there's just we got the development camp coming up right around the 4th of July. And I'm a big part of the prospects tournament right before. Now that's down camp. here this year, right? Yes. At the little and, and the prospects tournament's great because you have eight different teams coming in and, uh, I call the Red Wing games there. And, um, so it's, it's a lot of busy work. I mean, it's not like you have the whole summer off, but it's fun stuff too. And, you know, Sean, you know what it's like. I mean, just being around and you just, just do your thing. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's different for me now, you know, when your son goes away to college, it, I, I'm that dad. I really, I like, like, honestly, I want to cry two or three days a week. I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> right, right. My boy's in Chicago. What am I doing? But you know what? Uh, go, we're going to Wrigley Field a lot. He doesn't live far from Wrigley. Cool. So uh, that that's the type of thing. For me, the next few weeks, the draft, the NFL draft, you know, and doing this yep. stuff for Lions Radio keeps you pretty busy. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot yeah. Of fun. What do you, give me a little, uh, what do you think? Lions um, eight. You know what? I really do think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think they're going to move out. And, and I, that's normally what I, I yell at people for saying that because the amount of times we say it <laughs> and the amount of times it happens are two different things. But I, I, if there was ever a year to do it, it would it would be this year. And it's it's interesting because Bob Quinn even said we're open for business. You know, he he made what point do you, to say. What's your take or like your personal fan feeling on the, the way the organization with uh, Bob Quinn and Patricia the direction? I think it had to happen. I really do. I, I think there had. I think, no disrespect to Coach Caldwell or anybody else. I think it needed a culture change. I really do, and I like Bob. I'm, I'm okay. I'm openly. Um, I think he wants to build it the right way, and and I think 
especially his insistence on let's get this offensive line right. Okay. And there's more coming. I don't think it'll be the first round, but there's more coming. You have to get that offensive line right. And if you, you know, I know it's so easy around here. And it wasn't that long ago people would say it about the Red Wings, you know. So I don't believe in the totality of the lines are always going to suck. Well, you know what? It wasn't that long ago people were saying things like that about the Red Wings. You get the right people in place who hire the right people, and things can change. And I I really do think, I think Bob's the right guy. And it's, it's going to take some time. Sean, Sean does uh, does Bob leave? Is he on call? Like, is he on notice along with um, Patricia? Like, does... Do if they, they both have go? six and ten, I yeah, I yeah. I would think so. So I, anything short of an organic playoff? Yeah, spot? I, I well, I I don't know about that. I, if they went nine and seven, can you can you justify getting rid of them? Well, I don't know. I mean, one the one thing that Bob said that saying to me is, I think what Lion fans make the mistake of doing is they compare the Lions to the Lions. Well, I don't want to compare the Lions to the Lions. I, I want to compare the Lions to the rest of the National that's Football League. Don't worry, you're going to be. So, it doesn't look like you're the same game. And that's the what, Lions to the Browns. It's soon. not the same well, game. And that's, what, and that's what Bob said. Bob said, hey, listen, just going 9-7 and seven isn't good enough for us. So he put that onus, he put that target on himself by saying sure. that. So the goal should be the playoffs. And I know that's Bob's goal. But I think they're heading in the right direction. I really okay. do. Yeah, I'll be watching. I just, it's so hard. It's yeah. so, and, that, and what you just said... The, comparing the Lions to the rest of the league, dude, as from a kid, I mean, come on, we're all the same Lions fan here, right? It's so hard when you doesn't even look like the same goddamn game. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> you got three other teams to beat to win your division, and you know what? It can't be that difficult, right? To, to... No, no, I'm serious. Well, this like, year, right? Like, we have no, all the years, right. the like, division. I think good. this year is going to be tough. We're, Chicago's going to be. Rodgers is hurt, but, yeah. or just go on his way out. But right? see, that was the problem in the past. Was you always had good quarterbacks on the other teams that you can't? It would be like going against Brady. All those, you know, like how do you think sure. the Bills and the Jets feel all the time? You know, so it's the same thing. Well, Ken, let me tell you a little story about yeah. this team I used to play for that ran up in the got to the pinnacle and then they lost and then they set a league record and then they thought they were going to get to a pinnacle and then they really lost and they looked at themselves and went oh fuck we may never get back here (laughs) (laughs) we may never get back here so we cannot let this happen isn't that crazy people forget that like the wind the window has closed for the red wings i mean how many i got my russian five shirt on please go see the russian five movie if you haven't seen it yet the two things i got from it is Man, it didn't. We won because it didn't matter who was to the left or to the right. You knew that person loved that person, unconditionally, no matter where they were from or whatever. And two, oh my God, it wasn't easy. Oh my God, like I the second I've seen it three times, and the second time it just hit me like a wave. Like oh my God, like not just the ups and downs with the winning and the accident stuff, but just oh my, it was <laughs> painful, but. I'm glad it worked out for us. So, you know, we're still waiting. That's what I tell everybody. You felt it. You know what it feels like because you've done it. You have to go back, you know, a few years or whatever with us. We're just waiting to see. That's what we're waiting for, the Lions. I'm not saying it's coming, but. Kenny, uh, you're about to start your 25th year calling Red Wing games? 25th year. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. You know Congrats, man. This, yeah. is, this and, might be your best. <laughs> and and, and how, much, how much would you like to call another Stanley Cup final? Oh, I'd love uh, to call a championship. I mean, you know, a final's great, but uh, call, another yeah. championship. And, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, like the years are getting up there now, and, you know, you don't know how long you'll be doing this, you know, and so you just hope that, you know, maybe these guys come around and, you know, within the next few years they can – 
go deep into the playoffs and you know, and then you get a chance again, you know. But I, yeah, I'd love to get another one. Well, I, I hope you do. Four rings, one Definitely. for the thumb, right? Yeah. There you go. I hope you do. <laughs> sure. All right. Before I let you go, one thing then. Then can you leave me with one thing that maybe? Uh, what's your best? What's your favorite? May, might not be your favorite memory of broadcasting a a Red Wing game. Do you have a favorite call? Uh, you know. I, Again, I, I guess I would have to say in 97 when you finally won it. And I'll tell you why. Because, as you mentioned and alluded to earlier, I'm from Detroit. And uh, I always was a Red Wing fan growing up. And I know what it was like to go 42 years without winning a cup. And I always said to my buddies that I hung around with, still hang around with, I said, you know what? I said, I, I can't wait for the Red Wings to win a Stanley Cup. Kind of like the Lions, you know, because I've grown up here all my life. But think about this. Like, and I just thought about this the other day. It's like, when I was saying that, how did I know I was going to be the next one to call it? (laughs) (laughs) But how crazy is this? I score that goal. You hand it off in the second period to Bruce Martin. So classic. Wait, wait, wait. Which happened to be, but everything. You call the cup. I score the goal. It's just a, you know... Pollock and a munja kick from Canada. Just that love the Red Wings the same and had that opportunity. That's the whole point is that, you know, what I tell everybody and the perception or perspective is is like, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. And and you know what? It all works out in the end. It It really does. And you know what? I wanted Bruce to be back. And I'm glad. I'm so glad that he didn't say, nah, you know, I'm done. I'm glad he wanted to come back because out of all the years that he called the Red Wing games, and he's called some finals. He never called the Stanley Cup championship, but to call the cup-winning goal scored by you on a beautiful play, and he had a great call. And uh, uh, he underplayed that a little bit. I'd and- <laughs> <laughs> be one guy one-on-one my whole career, Sean. It's all timing. <laughs> and, and it was a great call, and, and uh, for him to be able to get a ring and celebrate, and you know, it was just, it was just great. We grew up in an era, too, where I think, the younger generation doesn't know this. The Red Wings weren't on every game. So you had losers like me take my radio and turn my radio on and put it underneath my pillow because my dad would punch me in the face for listening to a game at 10 o'clock at night. And I can't tell you, I'm not joking, how many times I went to bed like that where I had my radio on underneath my pillow listening to Bruce Martin sing me to sleep. You know what, just think. Just think, if we were sitting here, we could have gone back and said you were you were preparing for a career. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're studying, Dad. You were studying. Yeah, so. Did yeah. you uh, did you listen to Red Wing games when you were growing Absolutely, up in Canada? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah so. just across the border. So yeah. yeah, I'd listen to that. That's to me to have listened to Sid Abel and Bruce Martin and and to to have heard it on the radio and then and then I didn't know till my dad told me. Uh, you know, like the next day or something like that, that did you know that, you know, my mom, somebody oh, was talking cool. about that. You, you did such a classic thing in second period. And then he called my goal and then to get to hear it. And it was just, yeah. it was just really cool because it's the same feeling as, as I remember, I don't know how many times driving in the car, listening to it on the radio. You know, here, here's a good McCarty story too. I was, uh, I was at the shores in, uh, in St. Clair's, I, it's okay to say it, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a podcast. You can say anything. Yeah, you that's can, right. That's, that's right. Why, that's that's why right. I yeah. It would have been. It would have been in 1993. I was drinking, and I was sitting there watching the Red Wings in St. Louis, <laughs> right? And I really didn't know much about Darren McCarty, you know. But you scored a goal in overtime. Yeah, was, I did. And and the Off celebration the you had 
uh, afterwards, I go, man, I like that McCarty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vlad, I remember, I remember that. that one. Yeah. It was a rebound. Yeah. I think I came off the bench and pounded in the rebound, and I got I got excited. That was a, that was a game winner. You brought up you brought up how hard it is to to win the cup, and and I could tell in your face the sincerity, and I think it made me think of I think the greatest commercial is the it's about the cup commercial that the NHL puts out where they where they show the like Ken Cal for example hey what does this mean to you and you guys can't say anything you know and they're you're in it Ozzy's yeah. in it I love that commercial because like really to me Mac that puts in perspective what you're saying we don't understand what a grind it is. We don't understand how, and these guys are going, uh, bleh, uh. you know, and, and really, cause that, at that moment, it's like, are you serious? This is over. But it's also too, is you don't know because right then too, you, and it's not like you don't know how hard it was. It's almost like everything pours on you, how hard it was, but it doesn't matter because you won, but like, all that work, and then it sort of goes away because you sort of forget it. And then when everything dies down, it's like adrenaline. Yeah. I, then it hits you. You know, I remember the uh, the 2008 Cup, and um, uh, they, you know, it was Ozzy made a save and went the rebounds through the oh, goal God. crease. And then it seemed like the game was over, and and nobody like celebrated right yeah, away. Yeah, because Cleary had the worst celebration ever. Like, Dan like, Cleary yeah. froze there. He's standing in front yeah. of Ozzy, and he just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was almost like, like there was a pause. Well, like, I mean, yeah. he had he never won before, but I mean, yeah. God damn, I almost beat him from the dressing room. <laughs> but I mean, there was like a, a two second pause before they start throwing their stuff in Any reaction? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because, but think about that. And I was just watching that the other day. The end of the 08 that hosts across the line, Whoa. which it wasn't really going to go. Yeah. It wasn't even close. If it was going that way, I would. But then I just watched. Flurry save on Nickstrom. Yeah. Dude, that I never had seen. Like, I, I thought that, like, Nick had a chance. Or what. Dude, that was an unbelievable, like, that was unbelievable in, right? save. That was a game, like, tie in goal. Yep. Oh, yeah, man. that would have been. Mm. How about you, Sean? What, uh, in your broadcasting, any, any, you, you great know, memories? you know, what was really cool is um, the, the game seven night. That was um, because, you know, first the Statue of Liberty, and I, I was doing the, the... Oh, you're talking Game 7 yeah, in 2002? Yeah, I, I, was doing, I was doing the post-game show for a different radio station That's at the Statue time. of Liberty, Game 6? That was Game 6, game? and then in 2002, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it was And six, then you guys game, came, that was right. Game 6. And but then, it ended up 2 nothing Game yeah, 6. Yeah. scored the, the second goal. The celebration that night. I did. Sure that, I was, that was one of those nights. Because, boy, looking back, it's, four years seems so long. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know if it felt that way to you guys, but it, it seemed so long. Like, you know, and Colorado had had their way with you a couple times and everything. And while that didn't have the shenanigans that it did, it was, you kind of rub Waz's face in it a little bit, you know, with the with the Statue of Liberty and then the, the way you chased him in Game 7. I remember being on the air that night, and we literally, Greg Brady, who works in Toronto now, we were on till 6 o'clock in the morning, and we felt like two little kids. And people kept calling all night. And the, by the way, this wasn't the Stanley Cup Finals yet. This is you. You guys are just meeting the the That's Colorado awesome. Avalanche, and we were on till six o'clock in the morning. And like honestly, we were looking at each other like this was the coolest. This wow. was it was it was awesome. And you guys, I hope you guys understand, especially for young guys like like us. I think I can speak for you, Ken and Perry. What you guys did to bring hockey mainstream, to bring it like really out. You guys will never know. Like honestly, you don't. I mean. When you're a kid, people are going, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm watching a hockey night and can't. 
hockey? Well, who watches hockey? Are you, the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Islanders are on. Dude, it's a beautiful no- I want to watch hockey. You fast forward a little bit, everybody's watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're you guys did that. I mean, wow. your team did that. And that's uh that so that was that was right. I don't know why that one really sticks out it, to me. It, that it's game funny seven. to look back and to see how that is, but you know, the the evolution of hockey town. But the thing to me, and it doesn't matter, you know, I alluded on before about being in the rink, but this it's the same thing. Red Wing Nation, no matter where you're from, it's that that pride. But you have this sort of enjoyment, like we share everything we we have or have accomplished because we remember going through the tough times or remember, you know, winning the cup first time forty two years. Three days later, guy pretty much you lose you pretty much arguably your best player in Konstantinov. That you know, it's it's like he died. You know, we, thank goodness he didn't, which, by the way, I got to tell everybody is that's to this day. Um, still, Vladdy watching that movie, his daughter told me when he watches it, he's in his happy place. It's that's awesome. awesome. Sing, sings We oh, Are the Champions at God the end of it. Him. That's what it's all about. But th- that's the whole thing, because then when we talk about it now, because a lot of the stuff, things not only like that, Sean, you and I always talk about is, dude, we always talk about Mon- the you always talk Montreal, but the Edmonton Oilers, the old Islanders back in the day, you know the the Trachies, the all that stuff. You know what's amazing about um, the Red Wings and and how good you guys were and everything, and and Perry can relate to this because we grew up watching the Red Wings and and you too, Sean. Mm-hmm. Like like they were bad, and, oh, the and, like, and like every time playoffs would come around it was just a given that they weren't going to be in so now you got to watch toronto and boston now you got to watch montreal and somebody else and then uh all of a sudden you know the red wings start getting in there on a pretty regular basis and all of a sudden it's like yeah this is pretty cool you know what i mean now our home team is actually playing in some big games and, and, and they're team. winning you know and they're winning. Oh, that, yeah. oh and then and all of a sudden it's like it's it's like you know it's amazing because you just appreciate it so more because we remember all the times that from game one, they were never in it. Like game one of the season, you know, you just know that they're going to end up with sixty points. Isn't it funny how that goes? So then you start winning and actually win a playoff series, and they get your hopes up, and then go out in the first. Isn't it crazy? Play- it's right. If you look at the timeline, you know other other wings, and you go from even from when we nineteen eighty or whatever up, and it's nuts. It's the resilience. It's almost, but that's what it is to be. A Detroiter. Remember John Brophy in this? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah, to me, the choke, yeah. To, to me, like that, like when Jacques brought them back in 87 and 88, that was so magical because, Ken, the Red Wings were so far off the map in this town. They, they really were. They were so far off the map. And, you know, all of a sudden you win a couple playoff series and you're facing the mighty Edmonton Oilers. You know, I mean, it was it was awesome. That well, was, two that of those was so games were, they had a good team that year and two of them, at home here went in overtime. Yeah, lost yeah. It. it was. It was. But I mean, they were some tough series. Awesome. I mean, that was a tough well, series. Ken would remember. I, I growing up in the the, the being a teenager in the seventies and in twenties and the in the thirties or in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, man. So so I, I went and saw the Wings in seventy nine. I saw two of the playoff games against the Montreal Canadiens, and we actually won one, the first one, and then you know got smoked out by them. But growing up through the Dead Wing era. And then seeing the wings in 85, 86 with that god-awful record, you know, I literally, by that point, I thought, I'm never going to see the wings win a playoff or a Stanley Cup final, you know, just, you just, you just didn't have any confidence in them. 
And a little, you know, 10 years later, next thing you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hoping with the Lions, like, because it's kind of the same situation to where, um, you know, you're hoping that sooner or later they can get into some big games. They can get in some playoff games. Then they're going to start winning some games. And then the next thing you know, you know, maybe they're in the Super Bowl. You know, it's just like how it you was just gotta start it. Get it started. Exactly. Get in the playoffs. Maybe win a game. Baby step it up. But again, it's like foundation. You got to do it right. And hopefully, from Sean, what I want everybody out there for grind time to know that my buddy Sean Belegian does the Lions work. Says that Bob Quinn. I really you, think so. You do, I and really and do, that I really no, think dude, so. that that means a lot to me. I've never said, said it before so, in my life. So get on board, and it, it's not going to be a quick fix. I think that's the whole thing is in sports, we always want the quick fix. Yep. Ain't quick happen. fixes around here because we want to do it right. And I'd ru- I want another 25-year playoff run for the Wings that is legitimate to challenge every year, not just to waste the draft well, pick. Name me one team that just overnight became the best team in the world. Like, it doesn't happen. No. It just doesn't no, we're happen. Talking, Vegas Knights. One of the greatest yeah. stories, well, yeah. one of my, and I'm sure you <laughs> guys all win, know though, this, Tim, but for the benefit like of people yeah, out there that true. aren't aware of this, when, when the Oilers lost to the Islanders in 83 and Gretz went to go give congratulations afterwards and Gretz walks in the locker room thinking that they're going to be partying and he said he looks at everybody and they got ice bags on them. They're, they're all sitting there groggy. Nobody's partying. He said at that moment, like Mess and I looked at each other and we said, that's what it's about. And, you know, the next year, yeah, obviously you know what happened. But, like, I, I hear that story, and it really, it does. It sends chills down your spine because it's like you guys had to endure 95 and 96. You and don't want to relive it again. And 93. And 93. And, and Nikolai Boroshevsky and Jamie Baker. I wasn't and, there, but you know, right. But you I know what I mean? You guys, <laughs> you, guys, you guys had to I- I- endure that. And the 95 series to me, that's the one that's like, it was over like that. And I'm not being a jerk when no, I say no, no, that. No, 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 dude. Like, the, it was it, like, what the hell? Stefan Riche, Claude Lemieux, Stefan Riche, Claude, Scott Stevens just killed somebody. You know, I mean, it was that's what that series was, and it was it was over in the blink of an eye. And I mean, I remember, yeah. people thought, okay, that's and especially after '96. Well, that's it. You know, now we're we're going to trade Stevie to to Ottawa, yeah. and we're I mean, it's it's crazy how life works itself out like that, isn't it? So as yeah. I think Ken said it. It works. It works itself out. It yeah. might not. What I've learned is it might not be on my time, but it's on his time. Sooner or later, it all works out. It yep. does. All right. So first yep. round, uh, gentlemen, Mr. Ken Cal. Thank you, man. Mr. Sean Belegian for you. Perry Vellucci. Mr. Tim Krakowski. Again, Tuesday edition, Grind Time exclusive. This is your host, Darren McCarty. That'll be it. Grind Time out.